Who am I? Naomi is the new hit series that's got all the buzz. You have power I have never felt before. Critics are calling it unbelievably charming. Captivating. A delight to watch. Casey Walpole couldn't be more perfect as Naomi. You ready? The question is, are you ready? Get ready to see why. I don't know what is happening to me. Are you a superhero? Superheroes aren't real. What if they are? Naomi, only tonight on The CW. Tonight at 9, only on DCW 50, Washington CW. Podeskew is a founding member of the Odd Pods Media Network. Hey there, we're BFYTW Podcast. I'm Pantsless Aaron, I'm the host, and we are three silly people playing very silly games for fakey points that don't count for anything. Our permanent team captains are a veteran and a podcaster and a veteran podcaster, it's Stevie. Hey guys, it's Midnight Smoke here. I love being funny, goofy, and I'm here for your entertainment. And his permanent opponent, my oldest friend and a gamer and a storyteller, it's Jorge. Hey guys, Jorge here, uh, HH underscore Empire, and I am the logical voice to this maelstrom of chaos. Well, if you like silly people playing silly games, then you want to come hang out with us at BFYTW Podcast every week. That's BFYTWpodcast.com. Podcast. I am CJ. With me, as always, is my hetero life mate Rico. What's up, man? Who the fuck's this asshole? <laughs> I was wondering where you were gonna go with that. That was spur of the moment. I, I was gonna do my usual "What's up, motherfucker." I'm like, no. If I'm gonna do, if I'm gonna quote motherfucker, I should quote the ultimate motherfucker. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, what's what's going on, buddy? How you doing? Ah, uh, well, um, my fridge isn't working again. Oh, uh, still. So, like, we haven't been in this fucking place that long. We've been here like four or five months, right? Yeah, something like since that. Like, yeah. Since like November, probably. Ish. No, yeah, because we got the. Well, yeah. I, know, I know it's November because that's when the receipt says we got the fridge. No, no, you're right. I was just trying to think if it was if if you did it before we finished all the October special, and you did. So, right. Yeah. So when we moved in, we had to buy a fridge. We went to this used appliance place that my dad kept insisting we try because you know used appliances and cheap and cost effective. Mm-hmm. Stephanie was adamant about wanting to buy a new fridge, but we were like, oh fuck, look, I don't care what fridge it is as long as it works and I can store food in it and I can fucking start cooking. And so we had, we, at the time before we got the fridge, we had a cooler and it was like an electric cooler that you're really not supposed to run for days at a time. Right. Uh, but we had to kind of like, like run it for a couple of days. We were using it in the garage when Steph and I first started like dating, when she first started like moving out of here. And so, we go to this place and we fucking pick out a fridge and we argue with dad. And then I said, fuck that. If you're not going to buy this fridge, because it ultimately is his responsibility. Mm-hmm. So I said, look, we're, I don't dad, I'm not going to fucking wait an extra week or two for you to decide that maybe a three to a hundred dollar fridge is better than a hundred dollar fridge. Like this is ridiculous. Sure. 
So we bought a fridge for like four hundred or four hundred fifty dollars or some shit. Have it, you know, they said, all right, we gotta clean it up and then ship it over to you and we'll install it. All good. So they come out, they do all that, and then I think within a couple weeks to a month, we're like, hey, it's not really running very well. It was even less than that. it was like maybe a week. And then they came out and fixed it and fucked around with it. And we had like zero problems. And then about a week ago or maybe a week and a half ago, gradually it just seemed like, huh, I don't think the freezer is working. Like this ice cream is getting pretty soft. What the fuck? This, right, I know it's soft right. serve, but this is really soft. Um, so we didn't know. We, we just, we kind of raised the temperature and I didn't call them. Because at the at the time I was also possibly like in the middle of working at video room and like sort of back and forth on that, so I didn't really right. know. I didn't have the time. I didn't have the time to really fucking do anything. So we look at the freezer the other day on like Friday or or, or Saturday. Yeah, it was like Friday, and I'm like, okay, I have no ice. What the fuck? And like I had a lot of frozen meat and I had a lot of frozen vegetables. Everything was just sludge. It was, it was bad. No, it was Thursday because Michael came over mm. and like we, we cooked together and I asked him to pull out something out of the freezer. He's like, dude, what the fuck? And I'm like, oh shit. So this is when it gets really funny. Well, at I least, called... at least Michael knows how to pull out. <laughs> it's extra slushy too. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah. Ew. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So I call the the fucking used appliance store and I talk to a guy and somehow the guy turned it around on that it was my fault because that I didn't call him soon enough. He's like, oh, man, he, I can't come out there until Monday. So hopefully tomorrow they'll come out and fix this thing. But I'm pretty pissed because this is the second time we're going to have to have the same fridge that we didn't really even want in the first place fixed. In four months. So the the lesson here is never listen to Ron. I knew that already. <laughs> well, then why didn't no, you do it? We didn't listen to Ron. We fucking, he wanted me to get like this, like, fucking shitty looking fridge for like 150 bucks. And I was like, nothing good comes from 150 bucks unless it's like electronics and it's like on sale or it's like a bunch of good fucking sushi. I, I've seen a good mini fridge for one fifty, but like those old cube fridges, you know. Yeah, I'm I'm bigger than a mini fridge. Well, that's true. I, I'm thinking I'm no because I've I've been pricing them because I was thinking about getting one to put right back here so I could just spin around and grab beer instead of having to actually walk over to get it. Oh, you gotta walk ten feet. Four, but yeah, uh, you know. So, but I don't have to I, interrupt the show. I can just spin around good. and grab beer. See, that's the idea. Thinking. Yeah, see. Yeah, but the more beer you drink, the more you're gonna have to interrupt the show to go take a leak. Well, yeah. Ah, so, you uh, put that one through. Huh? Look at that. Look at that. So So but the motherfucker like he I mean, he called me this is the only place where I am called dog. Like, listen, dog, you should have <laughs> called me like, you know, a, a, a Who, Who's your ago. fridge guy, Randy Jackson? I that's what I I mean, kind of. <laughs> I mean, I'd like to fucking string him up like a goddamn American Idol and fucking, you know, sacrifice him. Okay. Uh, so fucking, it's such a, I, I'm just like, I'm getting really fucking frustrated and pissed off and sure. annoyed. Also, I haven't got my fucking glasses. Oh, That's fuck, I thing. forgot about that. 
and that's been three goddamn weeks, and I'm just like, and I sent a text message to whoever texted me before saying, your glasses are ready, and I'm like, hey, are my two glasses ready now? Yeah. And I get an ETA and no response, and I'm just like, I'm trying to fucking contact everybody. No one's getting back to me, CJ. <laughs> oh, I fell asleep. Fuck off. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Anyway. That's, that's what I've been dealing with for the past four days. Well, that sounds like a fun four days. How about you? Um, nothing that 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 exciting. Um, uh, just all right. The usual, you know, the radio show, the get vocals. The uh, we made a new friend on Get Vocal. I feel like we did. Um, yeah. uh, a guy who goes by C Man. Very nice dude. He's probably going to be out on Potescu eventually, and will be coming back to the uh, get vocals. I I got I gathered, you know, and. Mm-hmm. And uh, Mark seemed to like him, which Mark everybody doesn't like did. anybody. Every- so that's yeah. <laughs> everybody seemed to like him. He he got a lot of like good feedback and response. And I I've been I've been uh, talking to him privately on Twitter. Okay, the, yeah. He he he's a good dude. I I like that. Um, you know what? Even you and I appreciate somebody who can bring a good argument, even if we don't agree, right? Like, but but just not gonna. Yeah yell for the sake of yelling or or scream for the sake of screaming you know what i mean like he's he, you know and he didn't scream or yell at any point but even if he had i think it would have not just been for for show and that's what we don't right. like right like if you know if we start <laughs> we spend plenty of time yelling at each other but that's not i'll get i'll let you guys in right now that's not for show we're usually yelling at each other that it really long. depends on the on the contact sure like sure like if Sometimes I amp it up. Well, yeah, I think we, I think funny. we both do. But the, the the point is that you know, uh, we're not we're not doing a character. We might, you know, we might yeah. intensify a little bit, but we're not doing any characters for sure. And and I, this person I would say I I I don't lie, but I will exaggerate. Sure. And 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 despite the fact that this guy doesn't use his real name, he's not doing a character. I don't think. Like I think we're getting a genuine article, and that's pretty cool. So, um. And I, 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 I know based on the interaction I saw you guys do on on Twitter publicly that he has feelings about today's topic. <laughs> so I uh, have fucking feelings about today's topic. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Holy and, shit! Um, today's topic being the the uh, original and sequel of Coming to America, and I phrase it that way because they're both called Coming to America. It's just how you spell it, essentially. It's so stupid. I'm not, like, we'll get to the sequel when we get to the sequel, but I have to just say the sequel should have been called Coming to Africa. Well, I think, I think, I remember reading when it was first announced, and I actually, I tried to confirm this, but I couldn't find it. I also was trying to do 10 other things, so that's probably why I didn't find it, but... I think when it was originally conceived, it was going to be called Coming to Zamunda, as opposed to uh, Coming to uh, America, is what I think. Or, I think it was, or, or I remembered it being Coming to Africa. It could, it could have been that. It, it but it, the point is that it was, it was that. It wasn't coming, coming to, to number two America. It was coming to Zamunda or to Africa or something. Which, what, like you said, we'll get to when we get to it, but. It would have played better for what the story was, you know. Exactly. So, but uh, let's 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 start at the beginning. Yeah, 
in the beginning. Uh, <laughs> no, yeah, so we're, you're right. James Earl Jones for this. Yeah, yeah, right. Uh, but yeah, starting honestly with the original 1988, what I'd like to call a classic. I think it's a classic. Is it 88? I thought it was 82 or something. 88. Yep. Wow. June, June 29th, 1988. Okay. It's a great film. It is, it is. It is. You know, I was surprised when I started doing a little bit of research on this that it actually didn't do very well when it came out. It's one of those films that was panned pretty heavily when it came out, and it, it, it didn't succeed very well in the box office, but since it's become like a, a cult classic kind of thing, you know? Right. So. It has a major resurgence, and, and there was a lot of onset clashes between yes. Landis and Eddie Murphy. To what? the point where they beat the fuck out of each other, essentially. Right. Well, I didn't. I didn't see that, but I'm not going to argue that I. I know that to be the. You know, to not be the case. You know, so oh, Landis, Landis put Eddie in a chokehold or something, and hmm. then no, no, Eddie put him in a chokehold, and Landis grabbed him by the junk. Well, like, if someone had me in a get... chokehold, I would. I would do that again. <laughs> oh yeah, fight dirty, dude. Like yeah. <laughs> Um, but it's interesting because the one thing I did read is that that um, Eddie Eddie Murphy um, did actually handpick Landis to do the film. So initially they were on like they really wanted to work together, and I guess it just went south fast. And Landis Pun- was was having like severe career trouble as well as legal trouble at the time because mm. of the Twilight Zone movie. Do you know uh, about that? I, no, I mean I know he did it, but I don't know the the behind the Please. yeah. All right, so they're, they're, the Twilight Zone movie featured, like, it, there's a real-life death that happened in the midst of making that movie. And it was Vic Morrow. And Vic Morrow, I believe, is the father of Jennifer Jason Leigh, just just for context. Sure. And in, in Twilight Zone, the movie, there was a portion where it was set in Vietnam. And Vic Morrow ran holding two Vietnamese kids... And a helicopter fucking spun out, crashed, and I shit you not, fucking decapitated Vic Morrow and killed the kids. Like, this mm. is real. This really happened. I got you. And so John Landis and Spielberg had to go to court. And, like, Jennifer Jason Lee's family, the Morrow family, had to, like, they were, like, suing him and for, like, negligence. And whose fault was it that, like, this fucking you know, helicopter fucking spun out. And so Landis was very close to becoming, uh, unbankable and, and, uh, unworkable. Mm. And so he was really paranoid. So when Eddie picked him, like Eddie was giving, like extending an all branch, be like, I love your movies. Like we have to get you involved. Like, right. And, and, and apparently John Landis was still like reeling from that. And, She's sure. still super bitter and accused Eddie Murphy of not supporting him enough. Like, how come you weren't like in court and supporting me? Like it was like, that's real a little excessive. Shit like that. Yeah. That's a little excessive, but I get what you're saying. Um, I, I have to correct. Cause I'm looking at something else now that counters what I said earlier, that apparently it did well in the box office. It just didn't do well with critics, which happens a lot. Yeah. No, no, no. But I, the thing I'd read earlier before we started was that it didn't do well, period. And that it kind of, it's like, it's not the same equivalent. So I'm not saying that, but I'm putting it in our context, our world. It's kind of like Mallrats where it did real bad in the theater, but then after fact, 
but that's not Word of seeming... mouth and, and rentals especially probably boosted it right but that's not that's not what this is saying this is saying the box office it it debuted mm. at number one actually the day the weekend it came out so um yeah and Mallrats certainly didn't do that <laughs> no as much, as much as we both love that film it it didn't <laughs> Didn't do that. So, Mallrats had a bigger resurgence on video right For sure. Than it. For sure. Yeah. Um, uh, but, I mean, I think Coming to America, the first one. Um, it's a classic. It, it is a comedic classic. Remember we did a while back, like that, those comedic, I think we called it comedic counseling, and you were giving me shit playfully about how I don't like. No, not, not playfully. <laughs> yeah, play, play. <laughs> about how I don't like comics or comedy films, and this this is one that I I'm I, I've been a fan of this film since the first day I saw it. You know, I I liken it to the reversal of Trading Places, which I've only seen once. In really? My, yeah, yeah. Because I gotta tell you, the more I think about, it, I'm pretty sure that like they're all the same trilogy. They're all they're, like, they're all inner. Well, it 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 you know, and I hate to keep going back to Kevin's world, but it's kind of like that where they're all kind of intercombined, but not any way directly um, a sequel of, of of things. You know, so I mean, the biggest link is the Duke brothers. Yes, because they're featured in in Coming to America. They're those and, are the homeless and, guys and Coming to America, the sequel. They're they're featured. They're referenced. They're, featured, they're not. But it's their grandson or something that's like more. It's like a grand uh, nephew, I think, because I think one of them is an uncle or something. I yeah, either way, yeah. Oh no, yeah, so it would still be a grandson because it was his son and then his brother. So yeah, it would still be a grandson. Right. But yeah, um, which so and we'll like I said, we'll get to the sequel when we get there. But I did, I did. I'll tell you this just as like a teaser, I guess. I watched, I've watched that twice now, the sequel, mm-hmm. and. On a, on the second viewing, I appreciated it more than the first. Oh, I, I I I won't subject myself to it. I think I think you should. I think you should give it another shot. I really do. But we'll get to there. Um, so the the first one though, I where do we start with it? Because it's it, there's so many good parts. It's I mean, I I like the simplicity of of the story. It's it's Eddie Murphy is an is a African prince. And he is a he is against tradition. I dug I dug that. Yeah. Um. I think casting James Earl Jones was was a fucking great idea, even Which though could, he was kind of reprehensible. The character or or the individual. The char- the, the oh, character. Oh yeah, yeah. The character, sure. He's still and he's still reprehensible in the sequel yeah, too. I, but I, yeah. Um. I think uh, Madge Sinclair. Yes. I think is, uh, yeah. She was great. And I love the fact that essentially they reprised their roles in the Lion King in the original 1994 Lion King. Right. Because they play Simba's parents. Well, and there's a reference to that in the sequel. Again, I keep jumping to that, but there's a reference to that in the sequel that we'll, we'll get to, I think. Cause I'm yeah. So, um, but yeah, it, it it was really it's really a fun film. I like I like the concept of um, Akeem. You know, he, he wakes up like like it it comes right off the bat where he's like, um, well, first off, let me say I think I think a highly underrated character, at least in my perspective, in that film is Oha. 
Paul Bates' at character. Least the, at, least in the, at least in the first film. Well, that, well, we're talking about the first one, yeah. So right, in, right, the, right. in the first one, I think he's a very under underrated character to a degree, you know, mm-hmm. because he's so stoic in in that great possible way of like, because like I remember, you know, Akeem's like, you think it's since it's, he wishes him happy birthday. He goes, it is my birthday, and then they get to the bathroom, and he's like. Do you think I can wipe my own backside? And Oha just shoots him this look like right, and then claps for the for the white royal wipers, you know, yeah. like and it, you know. Um, I'll be honest, right now I wouldn't mind having a a bather. That's for sure. I like how you looked around. Like is that around? No, I I heard a noise actually. I was trying to figure out where that came from. So, um, but in the context, it was pretty funny. Like I wouldn't <laughs> mind having a uh, a royal uh, bather. Quick, quick, look, look. Well, as 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 um, King Jaffe says, you know, I I assumed you had sex with your bathers. I know I do. So that's clearly he's cheating on Aeolian uh, pretty regularly. So yeah, but I I I think that's expected. I think. Debbie would fucking castrate you. <laughs> Probably. You're not a king, motherfucker. Not yet. You're a royal pain in the ass, but you're not king. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I there's there's some weird parts. I mean, obviously, like there's one part that actually every time I see it, it reminds me of Batman '89. Okay. When they're at breakfast. Oh yeah, that that's a that's a good uh, that's a good reference. I'm with you. Yeah, it um, reminds me of um, uh, Vicky Vale and and uh, Bruce Wayne at that giant table. You know. Can you pass the salt? Yeah. Yeah. That whole thing. The the the, I, the I obvious. Like they're like, oh my god, he's coming here. What should we do? Well, we should stand up and meet him. <laughs> like, right. Well, and you know that's the interesting thing because that's really the only, like that that gives off the impression of absentee parenting to a degree, right? And then throughout the rest of the film, even though they're not in a lot of it, when there are interactions, it doesn't give that impression that they're that absentee. Do you know what I'm saying? I, I don't know if it, I mean, yes, I agree, but I, I wouldn't. I, I would say that they have a very close relationship, but tradition wedges them. And, and the tradition is probably. We have this high table, this very long table that we've had since, you know, Joffy the First or fucking whatever. Whatever the fuck his name is. Yeah, yeah. You know, so it was just custom that you ate at this table and and each one has an end. You know, the prince has one end. The fucking king has another. The queen is next to the king, you know, as as custom, blah, blah, blah. So I don't know if it was – I don't think it's intended absenteeism. It's not like they don't like – Akeem. Right, right. No, it, and it's certainly. I mean, but you know, and there's there's references to it. like he's like when they're when they're walking later, and he's like, you know, you're you're a man now, and I remember I, it feels like just yesterday I had your first. I ordered your first diaper changed. You know what I mean? So not I changed your diaper. It's I ordered, and and this the key word is ordered. Right. Well, he's a king. You know. He, he, yeah. You know. It's, hey, it's good to be the king. I you did you beat me to it? I was going there. <laughs> so. Yeah. I and I think that's the problem. One at least again, we'll get there, but that's one of the problems I have with the sequel. Is okay. that Akeem was so steadfast on breaking tradition and not being his father. 
and then he became his father. Well, and, and I think I, I think that's part of the plot point, though. Do you know what I mean? And we'll and we'll get there, like you said. But I think I think that's that's part me, of the point. Is let me put it this way: I don't think I can write a movie, but I could sure as shit rewrite a movie. I'm when I was when Steph and I were watching this, I was like, "Holy fuck, this is just." It's just lazy writing, and I could have, like, there's so many other ways they could have gone to make it flow better, like, just story-wise. And I'll I'll explain it later. No, no, well, well, yeah, we'll get there, because I I, I don't disagree with that statement as a whole, you know, so we we can certainly talk about it. I I wanted to, uh, so yeah, but let's, let's, so then obviously you get to the part where he's going to meet his bride for the first time, and... That whole sequence with the the dancers, which really talented dancers, but yeah, absolutely, yeah. Um, and I actually read that that is mostly a sped up version of the dancing of Thriller. And yeah, I I read that too, and I watch I I watched both films today. I've seen Coming to America enough that I didn't need to, but I just wanted to anyway because I, I as I've said before, I when I'm watching for. Recording, I watch very differently, so I wanted to kind of watch it through that lens. Um, I, I, there are aspects of it, yes, but is it a direct copy? No, you know, no, it's not a direct copy, but they, they definitely took a good chunk of it, and also John Landis directed. I was just gonna say that Landis directed the thriller video, so that would make sense, right? Um, I mean. And but there there are things. The other thing that I'll say is I noticed that, and I've never noticed this because I don't think I really paid attention to the credits as closely as I did today on the first one. But Paul Abdul was the choreographer for that whole sequence. Oh, that makes sense. I didn't yeah. know that, but that absolutely makes sense. Uh, right. That's what I was. I I kind of that's the same thought that I had when I read it. I was like, oh, okay. Well, then that kind of that kind of makes right. sense. Um, you know. But let's talk about semi. Oh my God. Uh, I- Arsenio Hall was definitely a, a treasure of this film, and yes. he improvised some of the funniest parts. Okay, like the when he when he opens up the door and he sees the family and he screams and slams the door. Oh yeah, that was improvised on the spot. Oh, that's later in the film. But yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I could see that. I could see that. Listen, I will tell you this: this you'll find this kind of interesting, right? So, um. I was an Arsenio Hall fan before I ever saw Coming to America. No, no joke. No joke. I used to, in the summertime, I wasn't allowed to stay up that late during the, the school year, but in the summertime, I was allowed to, you know, I didn't have a bedtime and I was allowed to have a TV in my room. I didn't have a TV in my room during the school year, but my mom would bring one and let me have it during the summer. So in the summer, I would watch like reruns of the Arsenio Hall show. And yeah. I was a huge fan of that show. I loved the Arsenio Hall show. Um, I remember when the last one aired. I actually, by that point, I was old enough to be able to stay up and watch it. And I watched like the final one when it aired. Um, so, did you ever see the one where Jason Voorhees showed up? Probably. I don't remember a lot of them, but yeah, probably. So, just context. Arsenio had this great idea of like, let's not. Let's invite the actor playing Jason Voorhees. Let's invite Let's the character. Because it was circa Jason Takes Manhattan. Okay. So Jason's in New York and blah, blah, blah. So Kane Hodder shows up in costume and in character and sits down, like, you know, and Arsenio's just like, so Jason, how are things? And like, and, and Jason and Kane Hodder as Jason is just like kind of like staring Sitting at him. Sitting at him, yeah. 
and staring at the audience and like at one point it looks like he's like adjusting himself like well let me tell you something like you know how some like when you're getting interviewed like you'll kind of like adjust like well let me tell you something and then yeah like, yeah, yeah. for a story sure it looked like he was gonna do that but he just didn't say anything it was, it was so fucking funny and arsenio to his credit is like he's cracking up but he's trying to make it seem like it's gonna go somewhere and it almost implies that like Kane is like about ready to like get up and strangle him. He's like, "All right, we'll be right back uh, with Jason Voorhees." Woo! I thought that was the funniest. No, thing. it is. That's one of the things I liked about his show in general is that he would do a lot of like I wouldn't call it aim. I mean, I guess it was improv, but it wasn't. But it wasn't as structured as say like The Tonight Show or David Letterman, right? Like. Like the, right. there's an interview I remember where he he interviewed Dave Mustaine from Megadeth, mm-hmm. and he quoted he quoted something to well first off the one thing I liked is like unlike you know again Letterman or Leno or or Carson or whatever and I'm not picking on any of them in particular but they're usually behind a desk and the guest is either in a comfortable chair or a couch next to that desk. Arsenio had his set set up like a living room almost. You had like mm-hmm. a couch with a comfortable chair and like a coffee table or like an ottoman or something, you know, and and he would sit, you know, he would be lounged back with them and usually put had his feet up on the on the ottoman thing, you know. Um, yeah, it was just two it was just two people talking. Right. You know, having, and having like, a chat. Like I remember specifically the, an episode where he interviews Dave Mustaine and he quotes something that Dave and Dave's like I said that, but he wasn't like angry. He's like like he was like oh I said that he, and Arsenio gave him the card, you know, and like read the card here, and, 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 like that was that kind of thing. And and then there's two, but the, you asked about episodes. I remember there's two specific ones I will never forget. Right, number one, uh, and it's not in any order, but number one is when Bill Clinton was in the middle of his first presidential campaign. He he's known. I don't know if he still plays, but at the time he was actively playing the saxophone. Like he he was, uh-huh. and he actually sat in with the band the entire fucking episode. The entire yeah. he sat in and played saxophone with the band. I think at one point he came over and got interviewed, but he was there primarily. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure automatically he had to be. It wasn't like, you know. Let's just, it's like, you're Bill Clinton, not George Clinton, motherfucker. No, but he was there, he was there primarily to play. And, and, and he played for the bulk of the show. Like he played on all the breaks and all that stuff. Like he he really got one interview segment, but he didn't just play for one segment. And then he sat with the band for the, the entirety of the show, except for the one part where the interview, um, and then the other one, and this is this is infamous in in late night television, I I think. But I remembered, I watched it when it happened. He's interviewing Diana Ross, mm. and she's kind of flirting with him. And Arsenio forgets that he's on camera, and they start making out. No joke. Really? Yeah, yeah. Good it, for him. It's no. I mean, he. It's so funny too because it's so grand and you you can see it coming a mile away and it's almost like it's almost and it's almost like two trains heading toward each other. There's no like you can't turn, so there's it's going to happen. Right. The collision's going to happen, and the only person who seems to be unaware of it is Arsenio. Like he he's just so taken in by what's happening. It's gross. Yeah, that he just. He, because even you after it's done, he kind of sits back and has a look on his face, like, "Oh fuck, I I'm on television." <laughs> like, <laughs> like, 
Oh yeah, how how how'd this audience get in my living room? Like, it's almost like a Dean Martin quote. Like, how'd you all get in my room? Yeah. Um. Hold on. We're we're, I, we're gonna we're gonna take a quick pause. We'll be right back. I'm not saying you have to love football. We all have different likes and dislikes, people. Personally, I'm not a fan of the avocado. I just don't like the mouthfeel. But, but if you're someone who loves football, I mean, truly loves it well, my sportsbook app might be the greatest thing that has ever happened to you. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call, text, or chat on confidential and toll-free helpline at 1-888-532-3500. So yeah, that that happened. That was a thing. Damn, he was. Damn. Right. Like, right. I, you watched him fall in love with her over the course of nine minutes. Yes, yes, you did, and and, and it's safe to assume he was in love with her before the thing even started. You know what I mean? Like, I, and he he turned real bachelor because you. I don't know if you could hear very well, but she looks at she gets close mm. and she's like, "I want you to kiss me," and he's just like. Aw, shucks. Like, he was 12 again. It was so adorable. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Keep in mind that things started talking about the, the way in he's, she's seeing currently. So she's actively in a relationship at the time, too. You know? Not after that interview. <laughs> so, yeah. So one of the things I, one of the things I remembered, uh, I actually, I, I've seen, I, obviously, I didn't see it live. Sure. But there was a reoccurring clip of this that kind of kept circulating the internet where uh, a gay audience member uh, kind of asks and kind of accuses Arsenio why he doesn't have enough gay people on his show. Hmm. Okay. And Arsenio like was being very, I mean, he like walked into the audience and was like, listen, it's not my job to out people. If gay people want to be here, that's fine. I'm happy to interview them. Sure. I know <clears throat> great gay people, but they're not ready to come out. And it's right. not my purpose or my career to make the interview be about them being gay. Because that should not be the issue. Right. That should not right. be the problem. And he's like, well, who would – and then he's flat out asking, like, who do you want me to bring here? And the person said Elton John. He's like, I don't know Elton John. <laughs> and he went and he flipped out and he said, you want to have Elton John on a show? Then you should start your own goddamn show. But don't you dare accuse me of being homophobic. I am black. And he like flipped out. And, and I, was I don't like, think I've I don't think I've seen that. I'll oh, have to go find that. So good, yeah. dude. I'm and, not going to keep I. I I'm not going to keep making great. the audience wait for stuff. So I'll check that out after the show. But yeah, I'll have to yeah. go. It's good. It's, it's it's. I'm sure it's good, and that's what I loved about him—the person, right? So, I, the whole point of all this is that I was a fan of Arsenio's long before I ever saw Coming to America. So when I when I saw Coming to America for the first time, and Semi walks in, I'm like, "Holy crap! Is that Arsenio?" Because the other thing is, I'm not used to seeing him without facial hair. Because in the in the show, he always had the mustache, mm. you know, and he's got no facial hair in the in the film. So it mm-hmm. it took me a minute to to at first, like it didn't take long, but it was like, "Oh, is that?" That's our city, you know. Like it was one of those moments, right? Um, and then you know, going back, going back for just one second, I remembered yeah. we were talking about uh, James Earl Jones being sort of absentee. I think James Earl Jones's character is absentee because when he comes to, from one end of the table to the other, he says, "You grew a mustache," and like the mom is like, 
He's had it for a year, motherfucker. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's certainly more disconnected than than his mother, for sure. You know what I mean? But I also... He's bathing too much. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, he, but I also didn't get the impression that he was completely disconnected. Do you know what I mean? Like, he it, loved his son, but he just didn't... I, 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 ref, I take back what I said. I don't think they were... I don't think they hung around. I think they loved each other, but I think he had a close relationship with his mother. Oh sure, he's close, clearly closer with with his mother. I can't argue that. Yeah. So, um, I but never, fully, I never fully understood Semi's role. Not in the movie, in in the royal family dynamic. You know, he's. I always kind of envisioned him as his his his. I mean, in part, he's kind of his like personal trainer slash potential bodyguard. Yeah. I almost felt like they sometimes in some ways I almost felt like they bought Akeem a best friend or probably not bought just hired 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 him a best friend is that a better way to phrase it you know I mean he's definitely getting a ton of perks from it I mean he he gets whatever money he wants yeah you know he, he just has to ask the family do you think one million is too much like shit like that on, on, but but um, on behalf of Akeem, I mean, like, I think if he had been out on vacation by himself and said, "Hey, you know," I'm print- gonna I'm gonna look up to see what they if if on like Wikipedia what they um what they refer to him as. So, all right, blah 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 blah. It says best friend and an aide. Well, all right, then that's what he is. He's he's the royal aide. Yeah, know? it just it just but it was a weird it's a weird dynamic, right? Because. It's clear that that the king and even the queen, to an extent, treat him like a an employee. And, well, he is. That's what but, an aide is. No, I am aware, but I was finishing my point. It, that Sorry. that's all right. That Akeem certainly treats him more like his friend. Do you know what I mean? Like Akeem never treats him. I mean, every so often he pulls rank, but but generally speaking, he he treats him more like an equal than an underling. You know. I think there's parts, there's definitely truth to that. I think when he uh, pretends to be the prince. Yeah, stuff like that. When he fixes up the apartment, you know. Yeah, I think Eddie, I thought Akeem, I mean, I think Akeem, he could easily say, you know what you did is like, you could be executed for that. Right. Like yeah. pretending to be the prince. But because I, I believe they grew, they grew up together. Right, that's I, what I was thinking too, yeah, you yeah, know. It wouldn't surprise me if they grew up together and he just sort of worked his way up. It may have been Akeem being like, look, if I'm going to trust anybody, it's going to be Semi. Yeah. So we might as well make him my aide. No, for sure. And and, and like I said, I think there's, there's definitely a friendship there and, you know— uh, even a mutual respect, like the, the, again, because Akeem could pull rank pretty quick, pretty heavily, and 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 he he only does it. That's what I, see. That's the other thing I liked about the first one very much, especially compared to the second, is that like there was not like a hierarchy through it for me. There was very an equal leveling, you know, between the two. You know, I w- I would say that there, yeah, there is definitely a a real friendship and a real love for each other. Even when they drive each other crazy, that's what friends do. Sure, you we drive and, each other crazy all the time, right? Yeah. And and the, but the the most important thing is that you have to have a friend who can 
tell you you you're wrong that that's hard that's really hard it's 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 easy to stand up to enemies it's fucking hard as shit to stand up to your friends oh for sure absolutely um, we i mean i'll peek behind the curtain mind we've had some tough conversations that we've had to have over various things over you know the years yeah. we've been doing this sure um and and it's always been harder for me to have that conversation with you than you know, just some some person I hired to do a job or something, you know, whatever. Right. So, um, but, you know, and so he goes to meet his wife. He goes to and he, the, the general is now that's one. So comparing the two together for a minute, that's one of the things that I missed from from the first one until I saw the second one was that. It it's it's like a second gen in the second one it's a second generation general Z. I didn't put that like I didn't catch that name. Well, it's in the first movie he's a general and Wesley Snipes' character is a colonel. Okay, well, okay, so I'm getting the ranks wrong, but the point is that they're right. both a Z, and it's obviously a father son, mm-hmm. you know, continuation. But I never actually caught his name, you know. But right, but that you know. I, I did like that, you know, Akeem's big thing the whole time was he, we don't know what she looks like. I don't know if I'm going to be attracted to her, this, that, and all thing. And then, obviously, the joke is, you know, this this rather large woman comes, <laughs> you know, bowering her way through the crowd. And, you know, Akeem basically has a heart attack because he's like, oh, God, you know, and then... They I don't think it would. I mean, ultimately, it didn't matter. It didn't matter if she was going to be fat or voluptuous. No, but his he, reaction on on camera, right. like his reaction is is because I, I agree with you. I don't think it would have mattered either. But his reaction right. was that way. And then and then she comes in. So and then Paul Bates, who I genuinely believe sang that song, like that was him. Like that wasn't voiceover work. Sings one of the most high pitched songs I've ever heard in my entire life. Um, queen to be as it's called, and I paid attention to that song for the first time getting ready for this. I read the lyrics. It's awful. It's an yeah, awful it's, song. It's a really misogynistic song. Like it's yeah. like I she's mean, basically a sex think doll. It's gonna be good. Yeah, she's a sex. She's just she's just there to be a, a wet hole in the dark. <laughs> I wasn't gonna go that. Harshly, but that's sure. but that's how they view the women, yeah. which is so fucked up. I mean, there is some sort of ironic poetic justice. The fact that Eddie Murphy had three daughters in coming to America. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but that's also why I have a lot of issues with it. Is that he didn't? It, it didn't change his way of thinking. Like, you no, know, what I, I'm saying. Well, again, we'll, we'll get there. We'll yeah, get there. we'll get there. But um, but Paul Bates yeah. did a fucking great. I mean, I don't know if they gave him his testicles back at the end of the shoot. <laughs> um, I, again, without jumping to the second one, there's a sequence where he sings in that film as well. I think that's a voiceover. I don't think that's I, him. That's definitely a voiceover, uh, unless it was John Legend who was dubbing it. Which I think it was. I think I yeah. think it was John, John Legend. Legend yeah. did it did it a mid credit scene at the at the end. Yeah, right, right. Where he sings the song from the first one, which is where I really clearly heard the song. You know, which is also it's like really like I, 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 awful I, fucking lyrics. I think it was a joke. I don't think it was meant to be serious. I think it was meant as a joke more than a, a serious it's, thing. It's, so. it's a joke of how offensive it is because that's the thing is. 
let's be honest, most Eddie Murphy movies are going to be, someone's going to be offended. Like, I'll, I'll give you a, a peek behind the curtain. Nothing to do with these, well, in part, because we just I just watched Coming to America, the first one, and I saw 48 Hours was on, like, HBO or Amazon. It was Amazon. Amazon, yeah. I had never seen 48 Hours or another 48 Hours. I don't ever. think I have either, actually. Okay. Very first off, the the, the fucking another forty eight hours is just a direct remake. Like they changed just enough to qualify it as a sequel, but they do the exact same jokes, and it just seems tired. Um, but forty eight hours, it, it it's it it mystifies me of how it's like. Oh, it's the it's the start of the buddy cop movies. Right. Right. Like. I, I, but any idiot who watches that movie, I'm like, there's one cop. Nick Nolte's the cop. You know who Eddie Murphy is? Mm. He's the criminal. On what fucking planet is that a buddy cop movie? Yeah, I, I, again, I've never seen them. So, but I mean, you know, he has spoken. So that's all, all there is to it, you know? So, um, I am, and I, God damn, <laughs> Nick Nolte has never sounded any less gravelly in, in Mandalorian, but he sounds. Still gravelly, like I'm. I was like hoping. I'm like, okay, this is young Nick Dolte. Like, there should be no fucking polyps in his throat, right? Yeah, yeah. Nope. Nope. <laughs> like, listen to me, you son of a bitch. I'm like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> well, I mean, and that's that's the big difference between Nick Dolte and Gary Busey. Gary Busey at least changed over time, but yeah. Well, so. no, I saw a Gary Busey movie last night. Yeah. Nope. He just he he sounded exactly the same. He just said crazier shit. That's the difference. What 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 movie did you see? Silver Bullet. Okay, I don't know. Yeah, King, no, let it go. Stephen King. No, no, no. I've got to tell you. Well, this. we have a whole two movies to still talk about here. Motherfucker, let me tell you <sighs> about this. All right. Silver Bullet is a werewolf movie, and it's based on a Stephen King like novelette or something called okay. like, Cycle of the Werewolf. The entire time, you're like, Gary Busey's got to be the werewolf because he's acting like a fucking werewolf the entire movie. He's, he's acting like Gary Busey. He's acting like Gary Busey. I mean, he opens, he smiles, and you're like, this dude is just fucking half-wolf. And he's like, I'm, I'm, let me tell you about Gary Busey, all right? He's just like, he's just saying, he's the, he's the drunk uncle to Corey Haim in this film. That's we, not... That, that's yeah. a sentence I just said. <laughs> yeah, yes it is. Yes it and is. Corey Haim is like in a wheelchair, and like, his uncle, Gary Busey, fucking like, it makes a fucking motorcycle electric wheelchair. This so he's is like literally. This I, is not this getting is any most, better. It's kind of batshit, but I liked it more than Coming to America. Two, I mean. Yeah, I think I think despite what the title is, I think we have to call it that just to differentiate between the two films. But um, it's definitely a number two. Anyway, moving on. You know, so obviously he meets his wife, and they go to have this moment together. Um, or, wife. What's that? His wife-to-be. Wife-to-be. Yeah, queen-to-be. Um, and he he says they, they meet, and it's one of the few times the fourth— it's The fourth wall is only broken four times in the entire film, and that's yeah. one of them. If you include the dog. The dog, well, I was. Yeah, I was including the dog. Yeah. Um. And and that's one of them where where they're going through like you know, I I liked I liked that they set it up though in that he you know 
what do you like? Whatever you like. You know, like, well, what food do you like? Whatever food that you like. Like, she is completely just an automaton. You know, like, she's not... Just super complicit and has no will of her own. Right. Yeah. She was raised for the sole purpose... Of being his queen. Which, I mean, god damn, dude. Like, it's... I I didn't like it when I was younger. You know what I'm saying? It's not just 2020 lenses. I'm like... Good fucking god! This is some backwards bullshit. No, it is. I mean, I mean it, it. It happens, and it. it I mean, it doesn't it happen. Does happen. As fr- it doesn't happen as frequently now, and in this day and age, anywhere in the world. But it still happens, and it happened a lot. You know, in, in, in not probably in our lifetimes, but you know, in you know earlier centuries. You know, so. Sure. Um, but it was definitely interesting. I. I I, it's so funny because I guess we have to kind of talk about these side by side for a minute. But like, you know, when he's like, all right, well, bark like a dog. And she starts barking like a dog. And he goes, well, a big dog. And she starts barking like a big dog. And then hop on one leg, you know, and then make a sound like an orangutan, you know. And she does all that. And then um, his father comes in and he goes, excuse me a moment, please. And she leaves hopping on one foot barking like a or like grunting like an orangutan and i always wondered before the second film like is she just in perpetuity hopping around on one foot grunting like an orangutan and they kind of answered that question except they changed one thing of it you know which i had a problem with there's a couple like little switches like that that i did have a problem with i'm not gonna lie to you but, you know, where, you know, they had her still barking like a dog, where in actuality, the scene ends with her grunting like an orangutan, you know, yeah. so. I, I'm exactly the same. I was just like, did they not watch their fucking movie? Well, and right, and there's a couple moments like that. I'm not going to lie to you. I can't, I can't argue there's that, Rico. There's a lot Rico. of moments like that. I don't know about a lot, but there are definitely oh, some. No. I, I will say, though, that, like, I thought, despite the fact that it got that wrong, the grunting versus the barking, Right, it was still a funny joke. It's a funny fucking joke that she has for thirty years been hopping around on one in the same dress, mm-hmm. you know. Um, which which means that 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 to 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 use your phrasing, and you know I'm not a huge fan of this, but I have to. That means that bitch hasn't fra- hasn't showered in thirty years. Yeah, not unless yeah. they hosed her, <laughs> right? But I mean, the way her hair looked, I don't, I don't think so. Well, I mean, I mean, she didn't have a haircut. Like, I mean, it's just, I mean, it's, it's a funny joke, but like they didn't execute it as well as they, as it could have been. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, first it, off, it, you have and to that's get that. Sort of my problem with the film the as sequel, a whole. Yeah. On the whole is that it was just kind of lazy. Like, there are definitely parts of it that, that feel like I can't argue with that. Yeah. It just felt like. They like they wouldn't make this movie for the audience that loved the first film. They made this movie because they miss seeing each other. Oh yeah, they taught. They, yeah, they they made the sequel for themselves for sure. I I have. I mean, when Steph and I watched it, we were like, Steph. The first thing Steph said was, "They look like they had a lot of fun." Oh, However, for sure. I can't argue that at all. Yeah. But I can't fucking tell because Eddie Murphy's had so much fucking Botox done that I can't fucking see any genuine, like, the only time he fucking looked like he laughed and was having a real good time was in the bloopers at the end credits where, and I forget the fucking actor who plays his birth son. He, 
he says, I got the whiskers. Yeah, and he, yeah, and yeah, yeah. he's yeah. like, that's my thing. And I'm like, fuck you. That was a funny ass joke. They should have left that in the movie. They yeah. should have filmed it being like, I, I got, got the, the whiskers. whiskers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which, by the way, you know, problems aside, he did a good job. The guy who plays Lavelle Johnson, I think, did fine. You know, like. Yeah. Johnson, not Johnson. Johnson. Oh, Johnson, yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, we'll we'll get back to that. But then, you know, so, you know, obviously, you know, Akeem and his father go off and have the conversation. And and honestly, as a kid, I there was a joke in that sequence that I loved that I some people probably didn't get. Some people probably did it with the with the elephant with Babar because I used to I used to read and Babar and it was actually a cartoon for a brief period. So I used to watch yep. the cartoon. Um, I had Babar. Dude, I think I literally have a Babar stuffed animal that i had to like dig out of my mom's closet because you know just a bunch of her shit sure you know and sure i'm legit sure there's a fucking babar stuffy somewhere over here like well, in this bag. I, yes i'm looking right at babar's ass <laughs> right right there <laughs> oh my god hold on just let me for the sake of this I'm gonna pull this out. Excuse me while I whip this out. <laughs> I'm more concerned. Why, I'm more curious why you're wearing a leather jacket indoors. It's cold. It's really fucking cold. Is here. it okay? Yeah, it's cold. Um, oh my god, dude, this is like perfect because I was a total Babar kid too. Yeah, man. Dude, all right, I, look. <laughs> I see. Dude, I, I already had, saw the. I already saw the crown. Yeah, there he is. Dude, Holy I, crap! I've had this since I was like probably one or two. That's awesome. That's in good shape right? too, considering. Oh, it's a great. I, I didn't. I never fucked with my babar, dude. I'll, I'll go even further. All right, so you see this? You, the audience can't see it, but this is like a really old Oscar the Grouch. Yeah, it is. Stuff. Yeah, it's it's got a little hole in the back. But my mom was given this at the uh, baby shower. Oh, this neat. was like one of the first fucking gifts for me. You know, the uh, irony is, was the shower before or after you were born. Usually they're before, but not always. That's why I asked. Before. Okay. Well, because well, then how how well they they predicted you then? <laughs> okay, I'll give you that. <laughs> I'll um, give you that. That's, that's that's accurate. Thank you. Uh, um, as I say, in good humor, as you call me a grouch, like bitch, I live in a trash can. No, I'm not going that far, but I'll go with the grouch part. Um. <laughs> So obviously, then Akeem goes to hatch his plan to go to America and and find his bride, right? And in Queens, because the land of Queens, like. Ah, but see that, that. But see, all right. I, I I like that joke. I like the fact that you would assume that someone who's never been to America knows nothing about the country beyond the names of the cities, right? You know, and and the, the general geographic location, right? Would assume. If I'm gonna find a queen, you go to Queens. I think that's a funny joke, you know. Or so, you go to Australia and you go to Queensland. Or you go to Queensland, right? You know, but obviously he wanted to go to America. There was a reason he wanted to go to America, and I and I I also like that the only two choices in the great space that we have as a country were Los Angeles or New York. Like, right. forget forget Chicago, forget Detroit, forget Philadelphia, forget. Miami, that's it's New York or Los Angeles. You know what I mean? Like, you know. Yeah. So Well, I think that's probably where it's like, 
well, that's where all the affluent, you know, money is. Like, you know, because no one fucking is like, you can't spread your wealth in, I don't know, Milwaukee. <laughs> what? What's wrong with Milwaukee? Nothing against Milwaukee. I'm talking in, in I'm thinking about what Semi would say. You know, it'd be like, as, as like imagine, said, imagine for a second there was like a Queens, Minnesota, right? As as soon as you said that, though, I was taking the Wayne's World. No joke. Wow. Uh, because of the whole thing with uh, Alice Cooper. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Milwaukee. Yeah. Uh, but like, I just imagine like there was Queens, Minnesota. Semi would have been like, oh, hell no, your majesty. <laughs> like, <laughs> he was almost hell no about the whole thing anyway. You know what I mean? I was pretty much, oh, hell no about the whole fucking sequel. Okay, can we stop dogging on the sequel no! for now? We, no! you, you have plenty of time when we get there. Can we finish talking about the first one? All right. All right. Um, we're not going to go blow by blow through the whole movie because we'll be here for four hours and I don't want to do that. But I, I definitely liked, you know, they come up with the plan, the, the whole joke about Queens, and then they get here and he's like, all right, remember, we're normal African students and there's a line of fucking luggage people behind them, you know, you know. And of course, he jumps in front of the cab, you know, halt, you know, and the the one of the four white people in the entire film come out, jumps out of the cab and calls him a dumb fuck, you know. Yeah, and and I kind of have a problem with, you know, because the implication is that Eddie Murphy is educated. So him not knowing what fuck means, I find Well, I mean, bit of but a did you get any I mean, the closest curse you got part of that was hippopotamus shit. So or they know what balls are like, you know, you you now I will beat the fuck out of you, or whatever the fuck Semi says when he's like, you know, the porcupine's balls or some shit. Or some shit like that. Yeah, I remember you talking about. Yeah. So they know slang and they know cursing. And clearly he his fucking dad is being bathed, which means he's fucking the hell out of all his bathers. Yeah, but he said have so, sex. He didn't say fuck his bathers. Okay, still. No, I, I have yet to hear James Earl Jones say fuck except for like one movie. Yeah, I don't think I've uh, ever heard it either. He says fuck a couple times in a movie called The Family Thing, which is pretty good. It's weird. It's really weird to hear Darth Vader or Mufasa go, oh, fuck you. Like, it's Jesus. Be- better than um, better than The Family Stone, I bet. Oh, for sure. <laughs> I, I just say, oh, fuck you to the whole movie of Family Stone. Um, it wasn't that bad of a movie, but it's definitely going to be like a negative thing in my life forever. Um, and then I love how, you know, you know who was really dearly missed of the sequel? Hmm. Frankie Faison. Yeah, Frankie Faison. I would agree. I would agree. Um, he, Fred's he, doom, motherfucker. Yeah, uh, th- that's one of the funny, uh, that line gets used all the time. I've heard that line quoted multiple times. Like, you yep. know, don't fall, don't pull that phone down the stairs on me. Stares on shit on me. Your rents do, motherfucker. You know, like that's that's you a common. Did this shit last month. Yeah, I mean, and obviously they got a couple things wrong. You know, even in that film, um, like one of the biggest one actually is right there during that sequence when they finally get into the apartment. Like Frankie shows him, he's like, you know, rented this to a blind guy. You know, it's got one window and faces a brick wall. And then the next sequence is Eddie Murphy standing on the the fire escape to his apartment facing the front street. So, right. you know, I, you know, 
But there's always I problems th- like that throughout films. We've talked about that a bunch in different films that I we've think, talked about. I think there's a script, and then there's let's ad lib as we film, and that's fine. There are some you can get some great comedic gold. Sure, but it, it uh, you know me, I'm a big fucking stickler for continuity. I know you not are, just yeah. within a film, but also within a franchise. Yes. Sorry, I'm hearing I'm hearing a dog yip in the background. Um, I I I fucking thought. Coming to America is, has got a lot of great classics. There's also some, all right, we get the fucking joke. Like, let's move on. Like, the sensual chocolate fucking bit. Like, oh, the sexual chocolate. Sexual chocolate. chocolate. I, but I think, I think, I think that that drawn out thing was the joke. Yeah, you know, you know like yeah. that's part of the joke is because like it's sexy chocolate crickets. Mm-hmm. You know, like. Except, except for the one hair, the one barber, that boy's good, good and terrible. So I <laughs> you know, like yeah. <laughs> I I didn't know who that fucking guy was, but he was like childhood friends with Eddie Murphy. Oh, was he? Okay, yeah, I don't know yeah. who he is either, but yeah. But speaking of like random, like oh my god, there's that guy, uh, fucking Cuba Gooding Jr. Right, right. Doesn't say anything. Apparently, there's a I, I re- there's a sequence that got cut from the film that I read about that apparently after the cut he argues about how he doesn't have enough money to pay for the haircut and um the barber Eddie I can't remember the guy's name right now the barber but he he ends up taking the clippers and like shaving like a patch of bald spot in the middle of the back of his head as like mm-hmm. retribution for not paying for the haircut so for me personally without a doubt the funniest fucking part of coming to America one is the barbershop guys and, oh, and the interactions. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Those interactions are, you know, those, those definitely, definitely, you know, I, I agree. I think, and I think they all play off considering three of them are the same two people, you know what I mean? They all play off each other. Well, and, and, and honestly, you have, well, you, you have to give credit for, I think, cause you're into this kind of stuff. Um, and I am too, but you more than me, is how seamless the the camera work is there. Like you there's there's times where you have two different three different versions of Eddie Murphy on camera at the same time and you have no clue that it's different people. There's one exception where clearly Eddie Murphy as the barber is on screen and in the background is supposed to be the Jewish guy. Also yeah. played by Eddie Murphy, right? But if there's one port, there's one like shot where it's clearly a guy who resembles the Jewish version of the, the Jewish character, but it's not Eddie Murphy. Oh, I just didn't. So they can. I didn't catch that. We, so I mean, it must have been we, that. Yeah, I definitely it it definitely looked like a real dude as opposed to it it it, it just only vaguely looked like the the Jewish man. No, but I'm just saying, like, it must have been so quick that I never even, I've never even noticed it. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think, yeah, it was about maybe four seconds. Okay, but, but that's uh, a long four seconds. That is, like, yeah, yeah. Can't argue that. You're like, um, yeah, that's not because but, uh, you're looking but as a for whole, it like, you know, it's Eddie Murphy, and then you see another Eddie Murphy character in the background. You're like, okay, that's clearly not Eddie Murphy, then. Right, right. Well, I mean, like, there's one point where Eddie's feeling Eddie's hair. And I still don't know how they pulled that off. Split screen. I mean, I, yeah. I mean, but that, 
But I, I mean, it's it's clean. That's the point. Like you have no. I don't know, you know what I mean? Maybe Arsenio uh, dressed up to play Eddie. I guess, but you see both of them pretty clearly. Like it's not just yeah. his arm. Like it, it, it. So I don't know. But anyway, the point is that they apparently this is the first film in which Eddie did this, where he plays multiple characters, and you know it obviously became uh, a staple to his later film with his, you know, the Nutty Professor films and a couple of the other ones he's been in. But that Norbert or whatever, yeah, yeah. But this is the first one where he's actually done it. And honestly, to me, in my opinion, maybe not financially the most successful, but certainly the most successful um, variations, I think. Like, you well, know. Yes and no. I mean, like, the, the Nutty Professor movies, while they do depend on lowbrow humor, it, it's still very funny because each character, whether he's playing Sherman Clump or his father or his mother or his grandmother, or his brother, uh, they're clearly all have different personalities, different voices, and yeah, they're all Eddie Murphy. You can tell. That's what I'm saying. Like, I'll I'll be very honest with you. Like, I I I I literally can't tell you how many times I've seen the first Coming to America because I like it's that's one of those movies that if I'm flipping through channels and it's on, I'll stop. You know, right. so I I can't tell you how many times I've seen that film. I didn't know until probably the last. 10 years that Eddie played the Jewish guy. Like, I mean, you know I, what I mean? I did, but I'm not poo pooing you for not like, you know what I'm saying? Like, right. Right. I think it was just because, because I watched the nutty professor as a kid before okay. I saw coming to America. Right. I just assumed that if Eddie Murphy's in a movie, he's playing everybody. You know what I'm saying? Like, well, yeah, and honestly, I think Coming to America for a long time was the only Eddie Murphy movie I'd ever seen. Like, I, I didn't oh. see, I didn't see Beverly Hills Cop till way after. You know, oh, I've, I saw, I've, I saw Beverly Hills Cop a fucking metric ton as a as a kid. See, I, I didn't. I've seen them. I have seen them, but I haven't seen them. You know, um, as much. You know. <laughs> And the only one I, the only one I've seen the most, and it's honestly just because it, for a long time it kept like rerunning on HBO, so it wasn't even like I was actively seeking it out. Was the third one, you know? So I've yeah, seen because they didn't make they, they didn't make any money, so they kept pushing it out. Yeah, so I mean, I've seen I've seen that one more than the first two by a, a, a metric ton. Um, but you know, they they get to America, they go to execute this execute this plan, they go out to the clubs, they're meeting. I love the sequence where they're meeting all these different women, you know. Like that. Well, please remember that portion because that's another. Oh, I know, and that. Yeah. I think I think you and I are in lockstep on that part. I'm not going to lie to you. I I I think we're in the same page there. But you know, just the different women that they're meeting out there. Like, I mean, the first woman he meets is I worship the devil. You know, like I have a secret. Yeah. I worship the devil. You know, and it's like, oh, yeah. great. And then, and then you get you know the 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 twins that have been separated for the first time and you have the other twins that are rappers, you know, and boxers. Yeah. Yeah. The, you know, um, and then you got the one girl that won't shut the fuck up. It's like, I want to be a rock star, but I want to be a pop star, but I want to be a producer, but I want to direct. And then like, and they're literally like falling asleep, you know? Yeah. Um, and then the one girl's like, I'm, I'm into the group thing. And Eddie looks like, no. And Arsenio's got this great, nobody's busy on it, you know, so. But it's Arsenio as the ugly woman, and, and no. she says, like, I'm going to. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, there's that. There's two different things. Yeah, but go ahead. I think you're saying something different. Go ahead. 
I thought the the woman who's like I'm in the I'm into the group thing was the sequence mm. with Arsenio. No, there there was there was a woman and then the Arsenio woman. So the one woman says I'm into the Got group it. thing, and 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 Eddie's like no, you know. And, and Sammy's like yeah, yeah right. And then Sammy's like I'm getting a semi now, just thinking about it. Right, and then then they go to the, then they go to the I got it. I'm just moving on. Um, right. and then. <laughs> <laughs> then they go to the one where Arsenio is playing the woman, you know, which, you know, it does a spit take. Yeah, does a spit take, and it was pretty funny. And then that's when that's when they go and they go to the 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 Black Awareness Rally, and you get the Reverend, who oh. is another awful fucking human being. Like, dude, I fucking cringe so goddamn much. I mean, I I'll give Arsenio credit. It definitely looks like Arsenio under makeup, but it doesn't sound like him. And I'm, I wonder how much blood he spat up after the end of each take. You know how he I kn- fucking fucked yeah. up his voice for that. You know how I know it's Arsenio though, and I know it's gonna sound stupid as shit. But I, you know how I know it's him. I knew it was him the first time I saw that. And it goes back to what I was saying earlier about watching the Arsenio Hall show. Arsenio has a very unique way of holding a microphone. It's just the way that he naturally holds a microphone. And the Reverend and Arsenio hold it, and obviously because Arsenio plays him, so he holds the microphone exactly the same way I've seen Arsenio hold microphones when he was doing his show. So that's how I knew that character was Arsenio before anything else. You know, I, I just knew, <laughs> you know. No, but I'm just, well, you got to remember, keep in mind, this. I'm probably 12, 14. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not. In my, you know, at an age where you recognize people like that. At least I wasn't. You know what I mean? So, you know. Oh, I, um, I definitely was. I was that kid that was like, I remember my mom took took me to Disneyland when I was little. And they were playing When You Wish Upon a Star yeah. by Jiminy Cricket. Yeah. And I, first off, I was convinced that Don Knotts had done the voice of Jiminy Cricket. It's not. But. I, they're similar speaking. So I'm like four years old telling my mom, Don Knotts played Jiminy Cricket. What four-year-old knows who the fuck Don Knotts is? I was was just going to say, between that and your love for Sinatra, did you have a childhood at any point? I had a childhood. I just, you know. Have you just been a surly grown-up in a child's body for your entire life until you grew into it? I mean, like. (laughs) No, no, I was never surly until I met you. (laughs) Okay. All right, well, there you go. I mean, uh, the a other couple, extreme a, was like... A couple of Rico's what? rants would argue against that point, but sure, okay. Most of my rants are actually pretty easygoing. <laughs> like, uh, there's occasionally where I'm like, this is some bullshit. And, and motherfucker, get ready, because it'll happen again in uh, a couple <laughs> fucking minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, the, what I, I'll tell you what I, who I, all, I was second-guessing myself was Eddie Murphy as sexual chocolate. I knew it was Eddie Murphy, but I was but I was more of like, okay, that could that could potentially not be Eddie Murphy, but it definitely sounds like Eddie Murphy singing. I I I saw it the other way around. I almost knew immediately that one was Eddie. You know. I thought it was so. his brother. That's who I thought. Well, see, I thought it was his brother. You're more familiar with that kind of stuff. like I don't know Eddie's brother, so to me it would have been Probably. You know, no, I know no now because I think we talked about him. Didn't he just pass away recently? And we talked about it, I think. Yeah. But yeah, but I mean, I didn't really know that at the time, is what I'm saying. You know, so like, right. you know, to me, it had to be Eddie. Um, 
Well, so I, he, and my my argument for that is Charlie Murphy was also like his stand-in. Sure. Right. No, I. So I, that I makes remember. sense. Yeah. No, it That's would make sense. That's probably how they did the fucking like the hair. The him touching his hair is probably Charlie Murphy. Yeah. Um. It was really just interesting though. Um, but yeah, so they, they execute the plan and they start to execute the plan. They, they then they go there, they meet, they meet Lisa, you know, or they see Lisa. They don't meet Lisa yet, but they see, they see Lisa and, and McDowell's, which, which is a great, I love the whole McDowell's bit, just the whole McDonald's ripoff thing. I, I was always a fan of that. Now, an interesting piece of trivia that you probably know, cause you seem to know all this stuff, but, um, the, the production people, before they ever started filming the the film, um, reached out to McDonald's and told them what the bit was going to be, and and apparently McDonald's was a hundred percent on board. They thought it was hysterical. They were they were in on it. But what they mm-hmm. didn't do <laughs> is tell their franchise franchisees that it was happening. So right. they when they started filming the film and built the McDowell's because the McDowell's. That's the other thing I love about this film, and and they it just doesn't happen as much these days. And and I this is why I think some of these older films are better, is that they they do um, practical. It was real practical. They were in New York. They were in New York. They were the only difference is that I think if I recall if I read correctly they were in Brooklyn, not Queens. But yes, you know. But they were still in New York, and they were in a borough yeah. of New York. So, um, to me, that's that counts. Do you know what I mean? As opposed to being Absolutely. in like, you know, Montreal and pretending that it's Brooklyn or Queens. Do you know what I mean, or something or, like or, that? Or Georgia being well, Africa. Well, yeah, but see that kind of stuff. I'm, I'm, you know, when you need like, like, because they did that, that, they did that with um, Wakanda too. They used yeah. Georgia, and I, I've, you know, that's fine. I mean, let's be real. If we're gonna be, you know. Sometimes you have to, you know what I mean? Like yeah, that, that I get, I, I, but, but I'm fine with that. Uh, yeah. But I mean, sometimes, you know, like when, when Star Trek is not Star Trek, but Star Wars is filmed completely on green screen, you know, when, instead of going somewhere, you know what I'm saying? Like some of sure. it, you have to do green screen, but like just by comparison, like in, in a new hope, Tatooine's a real, they went to a real desert type place somewhere. Whereas, you know, uh, yeah, it's Tunisia, right? Whereas in like you know the prequels, the whole thing's done on on green screen. So anyway, that's that's that. Um, but they they they're, they're in New York and they, and they don't tell the franchisees, and so apparently the owner of the local McDonald's came down and started like, "We're gonna sue you," and no, brought his lawyer. Yeah, I, yeah, and we're gonna sue you and this that, and the third. And I don't know the thing I read didn't say how it was ultimately resolved, but apparently it was resolved. So I'm sure it was resolved where he called corporate, and they're just like, "You're a fucking idiot." Well, no, I they were from what I read, they were the idiots because they didn't tell their people that it was happening. So they never. I mean, I'm. I mean, in, in all retrospect, that guy deserves a raise for like having his fucking loyalty to McDonald's and be like, how fucking dare you? We're going to take care of you. You know, you don't fuck with the golden arches, motherfucker. Like, right. you know, I got to give, he was a great goddamn employee. He, now, here's an interesting thing that you may or may not know, but I definitely want to share with the audience regardless is that ultimately McDowell's ended up being a real thing. Um, they, they, for a while, it was demolished pretty recently though. 2005, but still it, okay. but, but considering the film was made in 88, it was there for almost twenty years. Yeah, you know, that's so weird. 
as a functioning restaurant. Like McDowell's was a real thing. You could go in and get the items that were on the McDowell's um, menu. The the the, uh, the Mick, the big the, Mick, the big Mick without the sesame seeds on the bun. You know, like that kind of thing. It was you know, it. No, but I get the joke all the way through, and I think it's. I mean, and they and they even like double down on it at one point when when Louis Anderson's character comes in and he's reading the McDonald's operation manual. Like, he somehow got his hands on an operation manual for McDonald's and he's reading it, you know, like... John Amos I has always been... He was definitely good in Coming to America. He's also on the West Wing. He plays the Attorney General. Okay. So, not the Attorney General. He's a general. I'm sorry. That's all right. Um, so, I, I've been seeing a lot of John Amos, and I, I've i always liked him. Yeah, he's um, a good actor. I like him, too. Yeah. I also heard that they sh- they kind of put Louis Anderson in uh, because I think it's Paramount. Paramount was yep. adamant, like, hey, we need some white people. Can you throw some white people in? And yep. Eddie Murphy and I think... Arsenio. Arsenio. They, like, mm-hmm. saw other... Like, they, they had their pick. They picked Louis Anderson because they liked his, his material. But there was, like, Paramount said, okay, we're thinking Louis Anderson and two other comedians. Three others. And four spe- total. They gave okay, him four, so, yeah. So you saw the same bit of trivia. So they didn't, yeah. but they never named the other three guys no, or, no. or three white people. I I, th- I was looking up because the thing I was curious about is he very much, you know, obviously he's supposed to be regal to some degree. Even when he's faking it, he can't hide some of that regalness that he has, right? Like when he's pretending to be the poor college student. And the, excuse me a moment, please. Like the way he says that, like it's it seemed very specific for a reason. So I was trying to find out if that phrase was used the way that it was used for a reason. I never found the answer, but I was curious about, you know, because he could he could. There's been times where he could just be like, "Excuse me." I mean, he could still be polite and and quasi regal, but he very much specifically says, "Excuse me a moment, please," or "Excuse mm-hmm. me for a moment, please." It's that that exact phrasing is very. And I, I feel like it was purposeful. And I was always trying to figure out why, but I couldn't figure it out. But that's when I came across the thing you came across about Louis Anderson, you know. Well, he, I don't know if you know this, but the whole mopping sequence. Oh, that's a, it's a tribute to or a, a homage to the fact that John Amos used to actually work for or did a commercial for McDonald's. Yeah, I did. Exactly. See that. So that's why he's looking at him super strangely. He's like. It's a nice throwback to the fact that... So, John Amos has been fucking with McDonald's forever. That's what they said, so, yeah. Yeah, I said that. Um, I I thought, that, I mean, that's a real obscure joke, like, but that's that's funny. Because all the joke still works, no matter what, even if it's the hidden layer of inside joke for John Amos. Right. Um, just how in, how he's never done any labor in his life. And and I love how his John Amos' reaction was just like, here, don't use the bucket. It'll just confuse you. Like, yeah, so yeah, it's, it's it's a good see, bit. That's like, unfortunately, John Landis was missed for the second one because a lot of the 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 nuances and the jokes, you got your lowbrow humor, but you also have just really good wit. Yeah, and, yeah, there there really was. There's a good good wit there's, throughout the film. Throughout the, I agree with you. Yeah. Um, like, like going back, I was going to bring up Patrice. Patrice has that kind of stuff, you know, when like, you know, she, she accuses, uh, when, when Lisa gets the earrings and she's like, you're, you're fooling around on Daryl and she's like, not everyone think, you know, someone, what she say something like, 
you don't get so someone doesn't give you earrings like that unless you're giving up some bootay. I think is how she phrases it. Bootay, yeah. And and Lisa's like, not everyone thinks like you do, Patrice. And she immediately hits him back with, yes, they do. They just don't admit it, and then does like a snap, you know, the snap, you know. Um, One of my favorite like visual jokes is when they have um, uh, Daryl. Daryl's family over for dinner. Oh, and they all got no. It's for cool... the the party. Yeah. Oh, the party. Yeah. yeah. And like they're sitting, his parents are sitting on the couch. Plus his grandmother. Grandmother. grandmother and yeah. they all just like move forward. There's just three fucking Jerry curl wet stains on like the couch backdrop. Or, it was or like grease spots essentially. Yeah. So yeah, I was like, that's fucking funny. That like, was that's... funny. Yeah. No. Yeah. I. I uh... That one. The I the thought, the other the I other really subtle. Thought... There's another. I'm sorry. Go ahead. What you're saying? No, I'm just saying. I love. I I enjoy the first film. Oh, I love the first one. I mean, the other the other subtle joke in that sequence you were just referring to, um, that I really liked is pre-party, and he's walking Akeem around the um, the house, and he goes, you know, with hard work in twenty or thirty years, you could have something this nice, and Akeem's like. That would be something, knowing that he's got like this fucking palace back in Zamunda, right. you know. So obviously, yeah, yeah. Little, little wit and little subtle jokes are work for this. Whereas the sequel, I think, just really was just lazy, and and they stooped low for certain things. It was yeah. just a long music video, as far as I'm concerned. That's one review I actually saw. You know, it's a, it's a, it's, a, it's a basically a music video with a little bit of story in it. I don't, I, I especially on. On the first viewing, I felt the same way, and that's why I said, you know, I recommend you at least give it another try, because when I walked through it the second time, I I didn't share that as much, right? So I I still get it, but I was able to see more of the story on the second one, and so it didn't feel as much like that to me. I, I, I see why that's an, an initial reaction, because I had it too, you know, but it when when you look past that, and and you can because there's not as much of it as you think. Like I actually sat down. I didn't calculate that to the second, but the time on it, there's less than you think of that happening. But there's you know? there's a there's a lot of them. There's a lot of dance numbers. There's a lot of singing. There's a lot of but the group together, numbers. the group together. There, it's not yeah. But there's but there. I mean, there's there's still like the movie still happening in the background or, or in the foreground, and then shit's happening in the background. But it just like for for instance, the best way I can describe coming to America Two <laughs> is it is a auto tuned cover remix of an original song. There's okay. auto tune in that fucking movie, and auto tune is never good. I don't give a fuck who I don't you remember are. Hearing I don't the auto tune, but okay. There's that African band that is like like doing a song. And they they have and and there's literally auto tune throughout like they're singing. Oh, towards the end, you mean the guy in this? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That yeah. maybe that one. I'll give you that. Sure. But uh, but the rest and, of them. No, because like when you have in vogue, and and um. Salt and pepper. Salt and pepper. But also, I was gonna say it was. I think, um, it's not Gladys Knight. Uh, it was Gladys Knight. It is Gladys Knight. Yeah. That's that's all legit. That's that's all yeah. legit, but we yeah. just listed off three separate, not including the fucking African autotune ones, and then on top of that, there's the for like a split second, you get the the rapping twins again. Yeah, like which we'll, we'll a touch lot on of that. This yeah, where it's like okay, like like I said earlier, this is just 
them throwing a party and they happen to be filming the movie at the same time. <laughs> I just like I don't understand the point of Morgan Freeman being in this movie. Why? Well, okay, so so well, I think that's a very easy answer, honestly, it's because beyond <laughs> beyond James Earl Jones, it's the it's the most recognizable African American voice of our lifetimes, probably. Which makes me question: Have they never worked in a movie together until this movie? It's possible. I haven't looked that's, that up, but it's possible. And that's fucking sad. Well, yeah, I mean. You know, I have to look because I'm not as versed in his. I, I maybe I'm wrong. Let me look at something before I make a stupid statement. So give me a second here. Okay. Yeah, I'm wrong. Yeah. Yeah. See, I think what's got me confused is like I didn't see a lot of James Earl Jones on screen. I know more from his voiceover work. So like I, I was about to say he didn't do a whole lot of on screen work, but he has the the thing that I will. I, I guess I get some. You know, an observation. I get to absolve myself from is a lot of it is from before I was born. His on screen work. He's he's done a lot of voice work since, but a lot of his on screen right. stuff was before I was even a you know as Kevin puts it, I was come. So you know right. like you know, and then a couple instances I don't even think I think my parents were come and you know so you know Jesus. Uh, um, well, he uh, I would I would be surprised because I would have thought like he you would have registered the fact that he was in like. Some of the Tom Clancy shit, and like yes, I know you love. Yes, I, I only, I only like that's the only one I actually really like. But yes, I know he's in that franchise, and I know he did Field of Dreams, and you know. Right. But but the point was like even then, if you take that franchise and Field of Dreams, that's what five films. So like that's still not a large. You no, know. because he's not. He's only in I think one or two of the Harrison Ford Patriot game. Then that thing. that even makes my point more that it's less. You know, so I'm saying the point is that I'm not used to. It, it makes sense to your original question about him and Morgan Freeman working, not potentially working together until now. Work in my brain mathematically because he wasn't on camera a lot. You know what yeah, I mean? Morgan so. Freeman was definitely the more uh, film prolific actor, yes, especially. For sure. Especially more recently, because Morgan Freeman has just been doing like oh, yeah. a movie or two a year. Whereas James Earl Jones, like I think he went back to theater and he does some voice work, but he really kind of retired from really act to the point where even in this film, he flat out said, "I'm not record. I'm not going to film any scenes in Georgia." You know, t- like literally Eddie Murphy. There, there's a couple parts where like he's not with Eddie Murphy. Like he, he, he went to, they had to build another studio to film James Earl Jones in certain scenes of well, the second film. And I think he's kind of earned that, right? <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah, he's 88 years old. Yeah. No, no, he's, he's, well, no, he'll, he'll be, no, he's 90. Okay. Well, at the time of filming, he was about 88. That I can go with you there, but yeah, he's 90 this year. So I and, mean, and he's, he's still in great health for, for how, Oh yeah. He Cause he, he did a, I don't know if you've ever seen it, but he does an episode of the big bang theory where he plays himself mm-hmm. and ends up spending the night hanging out with Sheldon and, yeah. and gives Sheldon a run for his money in terms of energy. Like he's, you know, Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. So for sure. I did. I he did a, like, yeah. I did like what they did. Okay, so I know you have problems with the movie, and there are big problems in certain areas, but I did like one of the things, just staying on the James Earl Jones thing for a minute, one of the things that they did that I really liked 
was, you know, now that it's modern day, they have a news network. So they have ZNN, Zamunda National News, I think is what it was called or something like that. And it's James Earl Jones going, this is ZNN. And that's yeah. pretty badass. This is ZNN. Yeah. yeah I, mean, I, and, I, I See, that's one of the few witty jokes where I'm like, there you go. That's, right. That's funny. That was that funny. And, and and you know what? Honestly, on a related note, I have the CNN app. And on the most recent... No, because I, I use it for like checking out news and you know no, headlines and stuff. Because I, I, I don't, but I, I think it's funny. Um, but there's a there's a setting on the most recent update of the app that you can turn it on now that every time you open the app, it's James Earl Jones going, this is CNN. It didn't always used to do. And so I turned that on. So now I get I get my James Earl Jones, you know, fix when I open up. the Yeah. Yeah. Um, But yeah. I thought the addition of Trevor Noah as the anchor was pretty fucking funny, too. Yeah. yeah. Because of anybody, it should be Trevor Noah. I agree. Someone who's born in South Africa. Yep. I agree. I thought that. Well, I I didn't even put that connection together, but I just feel like he was a good fit regardless. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, I, I, you're, I'm not saying you're wrong. I just didn't, I don't think I knew that about him. I knew he was foreign, but I don't think I knew it was South Africa. I was. Oh, yeah. No, I'm not. He has a great bit where he says that he was born a crime because his, his mother is white and his father is, is black or it's the, I don't remember which it's one. one way or the other. Yeah. The point is, yeah, I get it. And, and it was, he was born and conceived during apartheid. So it was, and it wasn't like a rape situation. Like they, his parents loved each other. Right. But it was still but illegal. He, <laughs> he, and he was not allowed in public to be seen with both of his parents at the same time. Right. So it, I mean, it, it's, it's, Oh man, Trevor knows is a, is great. And oh, I, I, I'm a an... fan. Yeah, I just I don't think I I don't know enough about him to know. That. I thought he was British, which makes sense that he still because South Africa, you know, whatever. But I I I learned from him how to pronounce fucking zebra. It's not zebra, it's zebra. He says it's it's pronounced zebra. It's like you you wouldn't say debra for debra. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, that, that's his joke, and and I was like, holy fuck, we've been pissing off Africans for a long ass time. We've been doing, listen, we've been pissing Africans off for a long time. It has nothing to do with how we pronounce zebra or zebra. (laughs) Ever since then, I've very consciously tried to pronounce zebra as zebra. Okay, well that's fair, but I'm just saying to your point, us pissing them off has nothing to do with how we're pronouncing that word. Very true. Very, very true. If dog people made dog food, it wouldn't be sold in a 50-pound bag in the hardware aisle by the shoe polish. It would actually be food. It would be made with real, fresh meat and veggies gently cooked to preserve their nutritional value. You know, like food. The Farmer's Dog was created by dog people who cook and deliver fresh, healthy food. Try the Farmer's Dog and get fresh, pre-portioned meals tailored to your dog's needs. Tell us about your dog, build your plan, and get 50% off at thefarmersdog.com slash listen. That's thefarmersdog.com slash listen. When your dad started building a man cave in your bedroom, you knew it was time to start building something for yourself. Let's job it up. At CareerBuilder, we're ready to help at every stage of your search. Build a resume, get industry tips and advice, and apply to multiple jobs in just one click. Start your search at CareerBuilder.com. So, but yeah, let's get into the let's get into the the sequel and into the film itself. I mean, we already kind of started talking about it. I, um, 
I didn't like like I think I think James Earl Jones did a fine job, but I didn't like King Joffe in this because I felt I felt like by the end of the first one, he had kind of come around a bit, you know, and I feel like that was completely erased going into this one, and I didn't like that. I agree. Um, I felt like how I interpret as soon it's like as soon as his wife died. Well, he okay. Back to the way he was, which at least kind of justifies it in some capacity. As a like, if Matt and Claire were still here, and because so for for those paying attention, the reason his wife and and Akeem's mother's not in the film is because the actress herself, Matt and Claire, has passed away quite a while ago. Oh, actually, ninety ninety five. I think that, yeah yeah. So it it's been a minute. Um, so, but that's, that's why, and, and that's the other thing I want to say real quick, Rico, as a whole, I think despite what you, the problems that you have with the film, and I have some of the same problems, so we're not, you know, too far off. The one thing I liked is there was no recasting. Either it was the actor that played the original character or the character just didn't happen. Do you know what I mean? And, and I think that's important, you know, despite the flaws, I think that was, that was a, a way to go, the right way to go. Do you know what I mean? I would look. I give them credit for bringing back the fucking beatboxing twins. Like I give them credit. I'm not even talking like, about them. I'm talking. I mean, you're right, but I'm talking even like the major characters, like like Lisa. Right. They could they could have recast Lisa if Sherry Headley didn't want to do it. They could have recast the the one barber, his friend. Now, obviously, I didn't know it was Eddie's friend until tonight, but. You know, not. I think his name is like Curtis Sweets or something. No, Sweets is the character's name. I think it's Paul Plint is his name now or something like that. Like the the actor's name. But anyway, the point is that, you know, not knowing he was Eddie's friend, they could have easily recast him. You know what I mean? They could have, you know, recast Mr. McDowell. You know what I mean? Like there's a lot of things. Johnny, yeah. You know, they could have, you know, uh, I mean, hell, they even brought Louis Anderson back. I'm glad he was. I mean, I'm sure he was fucking grateful for that where the fuck has Louis Anderson been oh he's he's been on a series on um oh Christ what was the name of the show he was on a he was on a he had a he had a starring role on a Showtime series for the last like five or six seven years yeah he's yeah Louis Louis yeah oh yeah where he plays a transvestite I believe he plays or he plays his own mother or something but like it's not a comedy bit like it's a it's a more of a drama and and she's like mentally ill or something and he plays her i have to i don't remember the whole story but i have to look it up oh but. i vaguely know what you're talking about okay all right all right and he's gotten a lot of like critical praise for how well he's done the role too like it's it's really critically acclaimed good i mean i i never had anything against louis anderson oh neither I do i like- I, li- I like to stand up like to to, to art to eddie eddie and arsenio's point i was a fan of his stand-up i i thought he was right. a funny stand-up um, i didn't really get into his show as a, when i was a kid louis like I tried, yeah, neither did I. No, no. And I heard that even he like, like it, it completely was a complete departure of what he originally had, and how like the studio, or, like Fox or somebody, like stepped in and kept changing shit. But um, the show is called Baskets. That's the show he and he. Okay. That's the show that he was on. Now it's it apparently is now canceled, but it just ended in 2019, so it's not. That's that's a long run. Yeah, it was 16 to 19 is when it was on. Okay, so that's three years. It's forty episodes, but still, I mean, and for a show, yeah, for a Showtime show, that's a lot of episodes because like, those premium channel shows don't tend to do like twenty-two episode runs. They tend to do like eight or you know ten episode yeah. seasons or do short seasons. Um, 
But yeah, so, I mean, it was good. To, I liked that they brought all these people back from the original cast. And to your point, it was like they were having a party and, and celebrating the original film. But but they didn't recast, and they could have. Do you know what I mean? Uh, you're so. right. And I think, I think that was a good conscientious effort. But for the story-wise, it just... Like, I'll buy James Earl Jones regressing back to... Yep. You know, now I'm king and my wife is dead, and so I'm just going to be an awful person because no one will have the balls to right, put me she in was, my place. She was the one that kept him in check, yeah, or, or or checked him, yeah. But I don't buy that that fell onto Eddie or Akeem. I think because even if his even if his mother died, he still has Lisa. Lisa yeah. would have throughout the past thirty three years would have been keeping his ass in check. Would have been saying. Akeem, come on. Do you not remember how we fucking met? Like, well, see, you know, and I, and blah, blah, I feel – see, the way I interpreted it was that until his father died, that's what caused him to regress. Like, it, it was that – it was that – it was that overwhelming – that and then the – one of the biggest fucking problems I have at the, the film, the, the, the challenge from the next Dorian's, fuck you for – Dorian's. Fuck you. Is yeah. I mean, look, I I get creating a a fake country. I'm fine with that. Like, I don't. I yeah. genuinely don't have a problem with it. And Zamunda was a good name. I'm fine with Zamunda. You know what I mean? Like, I don't. Zamunda even know sounds like it could be an African thing, like an African country. I'll or be look. I'm word. I'm gonna sound like I'm making a joke, but I'm not. I honestly want a fucking film somehow where you have. I don't care if it's a comedy or a serious film where you have. Wakanda and Zamunda in the same goddamn movie. I want that. Like, no joke. I, I want that to be a thing, you know? I but, think we almost had that because originally Ryan Coogler approached Eddie about making a coming to Yeah, America but would he have had Wakanda sequel? in the film? Probably not. Fuck no. Yeah, no, exactly. That, no. That's but, what I'm saying. I want an actual, like, film. Of, I don't care if it's, like, I, I don't care if it's either side. And even, let, me, let me rephrase it. I don't need a whole film. But like, let's just because we were we were talking Black Panther two not that long ago on I think it was Get Vocal, you know, mm-hmm. and if they still make the movie because I know it's been like basically but on hold almost indefinitely because of what happened with Chadwick and and I get it, you know, and that's fine. I'm not finding fault with that. I think that's a smart play. But if the film actually takes place, if they actually end up making the film, even if there's just reference to oh, you know, we helped out Zamunda once and just le- as a passing comment and move on. Do you know what I mean? I just want that. I want that to exist. I want that to be a thing. You know what I mean? And they actually referenced Wakanda in this movie. Right. So, it, you know. But, but they're saying it in the context, like, because Tracy Morgan says it. Yeah. In the context of, like, oh, dude's just a made-up fucking country. Like, Wakanda, I don't care if you're from Wakanda. Or blah, blah. And I laughed at that joke. I, was, I, I know it was a funny it. joke, but it would be even funnier now, especially now that that joke exists. As if at some point, fucking... I mean, it would be great if it could have been Chadwick, but obviously that won't happen. But if fucking T'Challa showed up and was like, yo, motherfucker, what's going on? You know? Mbaku was just like... There you go. You know, where do you think we are from? We are from Zumunda? Do I look like Eddie Murphy? Like, something, something akin to that. Would be funny, right? That's all I'm saying. I want, I want that to I'm, exist. I'm with you. I, I'm I with think you that would be fun. Um, and if if Kugler's going to be involved in the second one, maybe we get it. You know, but you know, um, I mean, I I would have see once I found after watching the uh, the sequel and then 
finding out, doing some trivia and research and shit, that Ryan Coogler originally was like, hey, you saw what I did with Rocky. Like, trust me. And Eddie Murphy was like, no. But let me think about that. Let me <laughs> let me make my own movie. Right. And then it's like, I'm more pissed off. I'm like, God damn it. Why the it, fuck didn't they give it to Ryan Coogler? Coogler would have made it a better film. I can't argue that. I can't Coogler argue that. Coogler would have handled it with so much more respect. Yes. I agree. I, I, I a thousand percent agree. So let's get into the, what I think is my biggest problem with the film. And I, I, I'm guessing it's yours too. But well, I mean, it's a bit, if we're, if we're thinking about the same thing, it's a big portion, but I still have other bitches. So go for it. Okay. So spoilers people. Cause obviously it's a newer movie, but the, the, the premise of the movie is that Akeem has this son in America that he didn't know he had, which by the way, not related to what I was about to say, fuck the shaman. That's the worst character they added to this film. I thought Agreed. it was stupid. Um, Agreed. Yeah, it was, it was look. And, and that's and not, that was, that, that was our studio. I know, but then I, I don't even blame, I was about to say, I don't even blame Arsenio for that. I don't think that's, it. like, maybe it was his idea, I, but. Oh, no, I definitely blame Arsenio for that. Okay, well, fine. But, um, so, yeah, so he has this son, he's in America, and and the reason this is important is because he had nothing but daughters with Lisa, and he needs, a, apparently, like, male chauvinism still alive and well in Wakanda, so you need a male to be on the throne. Um didn't learn jack shit well he his father was still alive up until like 10 minutes it doesn't into the matter film. you would have thought that he would have probably been arguing with you know joffe you know for like saying like you know father i've got three daughters like i don't see this being a problem right and they even make i don't mean to interrupt but they sure. even make a whole point about how the eldest daughter has been training her whole life on to the be potential right we yeah, no, so I, if, I agree. If, if it was never going to be a hierarchy of her under her rule. Then what was the fucking point of her being trained? Yeah, I agree. No, no argument. Um, so they they find out he's got a son, and mm. this is where it starts to fall apart for me. They have to justify how this son comes to be, and they tell and and they tell the story, and and it turns out that in the sequence we referenced earlier, where they're meeting all the women at the bar or the club or whatever the fuck they are, and I don't really give a shit that's not that important you know they're in queens they're in queens um that after the arsenio playing the woman sequence mm -hmm. semi gets up and goes and meets two girls at the women at the bar mm -hmm. and picks them to to like have sex with essentially just because he wants to get his knob slobbed and <laughs> <laughs> you know and <laughs> you like that, huh? I just didn't expect that, but I'm all for it. You're giving me uh, a seven. I'm, I'm still you say the joke again. Cause, uh, cause Sammy's a horn dog. I mean, let's be real about it. All Sammy gives about it gives a fuck about is getting laid. Um, yeah, and and that goes back to the first film. That's not even a, a critical in the second one. That goes back to the first one. All he gives a shit about is which is also one of my arguments. But go for it. You know, and so, well, no, I, I know, because I think I know where you're going with that, too. And if it's the same thing, I agree with you. Um, although I have a way around that. We'll, we'll get to it, but I think I have a way around that. Anyway, and he's he says that, he, he tells the king, oh, I told him you weren't a king or a prince or whatever, and, and you know, whatever. But he, then it shows him flat out going, oh, yeah, he's a prince, but you can't let him know he's a prince. You know he's a prince or a side and a third. And right. look, 
All right, I'm just going to flat out say Leslie Jones was god-awful in this. You know, I don't think you... I don't think you have any love for Leslie Jones for I, anything. I, I'm I'm not a fan. I mean, I'm I'm sure she does a good enough job in things, but I thought she was. I I I thought it was the worst thing they could have, worst person they could have picked for this. Can I can I oust you for one second? Are you gonna Are you gonna talk about what I think you're gonna talk about? All right, a little bit. Okay, so to be behind the curtain, we did record a portion where it was just part of the conversation about the 2016 Ghostbusters. And it, it CJ, no, technically you it was about, about the twenty the 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 upcoming Ghostbusters, the one that's it, yeah. yeah. It was about the upcoming Ghostbusters film, and when that was announced, Leslie Jones had a had a fucking you know a, a Twitter storm, so to speak, and she was saying that all you know oh you just hate women and you hate you know you're racist and blah 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 blah. Listen, and I'm I a woman. And I went off about that, not because of it being women or race. It was because it was a shit movie. And yes. Yeah. And that, and that was, but like CJ, <laughs> CJ and I, we decided it was probably not best to release it because even though he, he, his argument was sound, yeah. <laughs> we were just not ready. We were still very early in, in pot Early we enough. Going, yeah. I think it was the first early year. Early enough. Yeah. We were like, do we want to be part of this controversy for no reason? On, on top of that, I the problem is that because I rant in it, the the argument that I'm making gets a little lost. And the argument is accurate because again, it had nothing to do with sex or race. It had to do with it had to do with it's her just a bad movie. It, it was it had to bad bad movie and and me being upset about her turning that into a race and sex argument as opposed to, you know, what it really is. It was a shit movie, you know, that's completely out of continuity. Um, and, you know, and that's, that's, and I, but I, but I kind of rant more than I typically and do. And you went so. on for a while. It's, it's like, almost five minutes long, I think. Yeah, it's a. It, oh, I thought, no, I thought it was more than that. It was no, like, a, it was like a. Well, I still have it. I'll, of, I'll have to look it up. But I, I thought still have I was it. the impression the whole portion itself, maybe not your bitch fit, but the whole portion itself was about twenty minutes. Uh, I I'll have to look. I don't I don't recall, but yeah. Regardless, I I'm with you. I was so fucking like I knew she was in the movie. I just oh my good god, it was just. <sighs> yeah, well, let me let it me was, let me put it this way. I I don't think it would have been the. the I don't know if this was Leslie Jones's choice. I don't know if this was the director's choice or the way the the character's written. The character was way too over the top, like way too over the top, and just kind of offensive on really every level. Yeah, I I, I mean, if people took this film more seriously, I would say it almost set back uh, r- racial and sexual right or equality backwards. By a good margin, like it, it, it she's pretty let bad. Me, let me give you a comparison, right? So John Amos's character, McDowell. Yeah, he's greedy. He cheats. Does he cheat? I don't think he cheat. When did you no, see that? No, no, he's cheating in the sense that he's he's ripping off McDowell. Oh, you don't like, mean? Okay, okay. I thought you meant like like like. No, 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 no. He's, spouse. No, yeah, yeah. God, God. Yeah. No, no. But he and he is only interested in what's 
financially better for his daughter as opposed to who does she love. And that includes both her do- both of his daughters. Yeah, well, yeah, which that's, I guess, it's just going back to the recurring cast, we didn't get Patrice back, which that was a little disappointing, I have to say. I was surprised. I was yeah. expecting her. but I, I, was, I was, too. And I was actually expecting her to be married to the Sogogo guy, uh, Eric LaSalle. Um, I can't remember the character's name all of a sudden, but I'm blanking, but... Daryl. Yeah, thank you. I, I just blanked for a second, but yeah, I, I almost expected her to be connected well, they offered to Daryl. him to come back. They offered, but he he's actually a TV director now, and he was in the middle of directing or something. Well, the other thing about Eric LaSalle, well, yeah, that's the other thing. Is like, I saw him, just quickly, because I know you were making a point. I didn't mean to stop you, but I actually was familiar with Eric LaSalle before I ever saw Coming to America, because I mm-hmm. saw it right around the time ER started. It was the first mm-hmm. time I saw it, and he's on ER, and he's a prominent character on ER for years, and you know. So, I actually knew him as that doctor, and he's a bit of a prick. That doctor's a bit of an asshole. I don't know if you're familiar with the show, but he's a, he's a bit of an asshole. Um, Not enough to have an opinion, but I, I've seen clips of him, but I it was always out of context. So yeah, yeah. yeah. But he, to be fair, he's also a prick in Coming to America, so he's just very good. Well, that's at being a that's. Prick. <laughs> Yeah, it kind of goes back to what we were saying about what Jean Renault, I think, or whatever. Yeah, it's good at playing. Right. Yeah, but so John, but so John Amos is so McDowell is not. I mean, he's not a bad father, but he's not a great person. He's either. misguided. He, he's a misguided, he's misguided father. Yeah, all that went out the fucking window when King fucking. I I I I, I want to call him King Joffrey, which is not what he is. <laughs> right, but King Joffe, right. Uh, when he basically says, oh, well, your daughter is insignificant. Your daughter is not even worthy to smell Akeem's shit or something akin to that. And John Amos just goes like, I don't give a fuck who you are. I'll break my foot off your ass. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, right, yeah. And it was it was the respect of like, you don't fuck with my daughter. Right. Right. Yeah. At no point did we ever get anything close to that. By Leslie Jones's character, none. But why it would was, you get that from Leslie Jones's character? What am, I, what am I missing here? I'm saying that she was like throughout the first film. McDowell is a misguided parent. He's greedy. He cheats the system. Yeah, blah yeah, right, blah blah. Right. In a, in a in a similar vein that Leslie Jones does. It's she's greedy. Let's get this money. You know, she's always ready for a, a party. She's not willing to work hard. Blah 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 blah. There was no if they gave me a scene where she learned how to cut back and did an honorable thing, I'd say, okay, so she has to be awful to have redemption, just like what James Earl Jones did. I, I I think you kind of get that scene, but not enough to to clear it up. Because I, I agree with you, but you get that towards the end anyway, when she's wearing like instead of wearing one of Lisa's dresses, she actually gets her own dress. You know what I mean? For the for the wedding party thing whatever it was you know so i mean that's that's the other thing is i don't understand how shit like that would have happened you're telling me that there's royal guards everywhere and leslie Jones yeah just i go into the fucking master bedroom of the king and queen and raid her fucking closet right no fucking way even even if even and it's i i would go as far as to say they probably have a separate room that is a closet but even then there'd be Guards, I agree. So You're I mean, telling me yeah. Paul Bates didn't fucking like screech at her and fucking, you know, <laughs> this is not your closet. <laughs> um, no, she, she's a she's an awful character. I mean, and I, you know, and let's be frank. 
We're not talking about Leslie Jones no. as a person Mm-mm. or even, I mean, I've, I, she's made me laugh on Saturday Night Live. Um, but in And this despite context, my, my problems with the things she said about Ghostbusters, that has nothing to do with my perspective here. I, I you know, exactly. she, she easily could have played this character very differently. And I would have been like, okay, that was pretty good. I was actually hoping at first that this would redeem her for me. You know what I mean, and not not that she needed, but but that I would appreciate her more than I had previously, right? And right. no, it it didn't it didn't make it worse, but it certainly didn't change it. <laughs> so the setup you were you were bringing up was she they they go back to her place, they go back His to place, their place, which is wrong too. Absolutely fucking wrong because because uh, let me let me just let me yeah let please me just yeah. explain it really easily because. As an audience, what you're seeing in what is happening on movie is all you're seeing, with the exception of like the eight hours that a character sleeps right. in between scenes. Sure. What you see is what you get. And when a fucking movie adds a fucking scene to justify a weak plot, that drives us both up the wall. No, I'll take it. And I'll it take it. I'll take it more minute, though. When they go to the room the first time, when they first go to that apartment, not not with Leslie and I'm talking like when in the first film, when they first get the film and and Frankie's pulling down the the police the body tape on the floor yeah. and everything, yeah. It's a one room apartment. Yep. There's no other rooms. And nope. when Sammy goes to get his knob slobbed, they go into another room and yep. close the fucking door. Go and there's a couch. Further. There was no couch. I'll go even further. We know Semi didn't get any pussy because he complained about it through the whole first movie. Well, all right. So I, I have at least a way around that. I agree with you. It's a bad gap, but I at least have a way to, to try to close that gap. Right. And that's it. He knows Akeem would kick the fu- ever living fuck out of him if he knew what he did. So he but plays he it didn't. off as it, it never happened. But he doesn't because he didn't. He didn't plan on Leslie Jones. Uh, but the sequence, the sequence where they're cleaning the windows and he's complaining about how I haven't had sex since we've been to America was after the scene where they they shoehorn this in. But unless Leslie Jones said, "Oh, by the way, I fucking like shotgunned him with some weed smoke and drugged him because he's a fucking virgin on every level. He doesn't know what weed is. Sure. So it's gonna hit him really potently. Sure." Let's not even gloss over the fact that she pretty much raped him, by the way. At, at Semi's orders or request or whatever. And not, even, and not even that, at no point did she, like, unzip. So she just grinded him and then had, and then got pregnant through jeans. Well, I... So really, I, I, she really is the fucking... Okay. She's not the Virgin Mary, but she's definitely an immaculate conception. Which brings me to my big fucking point. At no point... Did they ever do a fucking DNA test? Are yeah. you kidding me? <laughs> Thought you're the same thing. You're expecting like, oh, here's a fucking hierarchy and we're just going to assume on the off chance that this is my son. Don't you think they would have fucking dro- like d- drawn some fucking no, blood? Wor- worse off, Eddie Murphy sa- or Akeem says, I will look into his eyes, and if he has the souls of our forefathers, then I'll know he's my boy, or something yeah, to that effect. Oh shit! I don't even know what a Thunderbird is to begin with. Like, no, that had nothing to do with what he said, though. 
No, he said, follow the Thunderbird, you'll that, find your fucking son. Right, but then when Akeem's talking to Semi about it, he says, yeah, that's when he says, I will look into his eyes, and if I see the souls of our forefathers, then I will know he's my son, or something yeah, to that effect. Yeah, fuck yourself, Eddie. That is, oh, look, I'll, I'll give you the simple way of doing this, right? Yeah. Let's just assume for five seconds that Eddie Murphy, or that Akeem, uh, Eddie Murphy certainly did, but Akeem <laughs> fucked his bathers. Sure. Right. One of them. One of them had. Yeah. One of them, and they were they were afraid of the for their life of their son because we don't know if like sure. oh well you're just a fucking bather you're you don't amount to nothing sure we'll kill the offspring unless it's blah 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 I mean they, royalty did that shit all the time oh for and sure kings were known yeah. for spreading the seed and inevitably one of them was going to get pregnant and they just fucking killed the kid and the mother. Like, that's what they did. Yeah. I don't know if Zumunda does that shit, right. but they could have just written that in and be like, the mom fled to America with her pregnant you know, belly and shit and, and was living out in fucking Queens or Brooklyn or fucking Minnesota. I don't give a shit. And then she tells her son, your father is the prince of Zumunda, raises him with that knowledge. And has this, and this, this is how you make the movie. The the son pulls a fucking killmonger. I was just gonna say, <laughs> yeah. Like uh, I watched yeah. this movie, and I'm like, this is what would have happened if, like, if the uh, Wakandans were open armed with fucking uh, killmonger. Yeah, yeah. That's not a. If, I mean, like, if you're already gonna rip off a fucking movie, you might as well rip off a movie. Well, here, so, it's a, the, you know, I, there's a big fundamental problem I have with this film that we did not talk about yet, and that's my fault because I meant to bring it up from the top when we got into this. This one was, and and this happens all the time. So I'm not. It's not even a fault of this film, but when you take a sequel to a film that was R-rated and downgraded, fuck yep. you. And your fuck mother. You. And, and your mother. Yeah, like... Fuck you, you yeah. fucking dirty Sanchez fuck. <laughs> like, like, no, for real, though. Like, same thing. I, like, I'm not even picking on this this franchise. They did the same thing with the Major League film. From 1 to 2 is R to PG-13. And, and as far as I'm concerned, that and recasting um, uh, Wesley Snipes destroyed that fucking movie. Look, I'm going to be honest. They should have recast Wesley Snipes for this fucking movie. Well, yeah. Oh, we didn't even get into that. Yeah. Like, I, oh I read. Oh, my good God. I, what the fuck? You were Blade, motherfucker. I read something where. I read in a review where it said that, that Wesley Snipes was the high point of the film. And I'm like, then you clearly watched a different movie than I did. I. I, I, I they, he, they, he went from Blade to Butter Knife. <laughs> Dude, he was so weird. Like, it, it has nothing to do with his accent. Because he tried. Actually, but I thought the it, I, I thought the over the top accent actually kind of played to the character. I'm, I'm alright with that, you know. I'm not okay with the way he said shit and like his weird like dancing, like yeah, in the fucking room. Like it was. Look, I will say this: the director and then Eddie Murphy and Wesley Snipes were all fucking great in a previous project they did together called My Name Is Dolomite. That was great. That okay. was really funny. You should watch that. That's okay. fucking great. Wesley Snipes is good in it. Eddie Murphy is top form. Like like everything that you didn't get in this movie, you get in Dolomite is my name. And it's the same director. That's that's why it's not John Landis, is because Eddie just worked with these guys. Mm. I think because I think it's two directors. 
on Dolomite's my name. It's like you, you want to you know make a really awful sequel. Like that's really <laughs> what happened. It's one director in this film, Craig Brewer. Okay, so Craig Brewer, but dude Wesley. What in the fuck? Like, did you not pay back your tax evasion shit yet? You had to do this? He spent time in jail, dude. Uh, yeah, but he still owes them. No, I think... I No, no, no. The, the, the time in jail will wipe out the debt, actually. All That's right. how that works. Well, I mean, okay, so he's he's really trying to fucking work hard. Working hard for the money <laughs> and doing shit he didn't need to do. <laughs> like, like, we're watching this and we're like, what the fuck, dude? You were... You were more over the top in Demolition Man, but it worked. You know? Yeah, that worked. I agree. Like, Demolition Man, his portrayal in Demolition Man is the closest thing you'll ever get to a black man playing the Joker. Yeah. Yeah. I could see that. That's not a that's not an unfair art description. I'm, I'm with you. Yeah. I don't know what the fuck Wesley was trying to do in this fight. Uh... But that's my argument is everybody just was not. Like, I, I'm sure they were having fun. But they weren't thinking about the movie. They were thinking about, like, let's just fucking lazy write, lazy gimmick. Like, dude, did we need a farting lion? Did we really need that? That was a little funny. But. I mean, like, oh, look, this was my reaction. <laughs> because. <laughs> well, yeah, no, that's, yeah, that, I agree. Farts are funny. And then I thought, I'm like, oh, fuck you, Eddie Murphy. Like. Dude, like, there were no fart jokes in the first movie. And it, that's my point, is they subjected themselves to having to resort to a fart joke. Well, uh, and so so this is the best way I'll describe the difference between the two films. And I, I, I hope you'll agree with me. Because if not, we might have a whole lot of more recording to do. Um, is the, the first film felt like a, a romantic story with comedy. This felt like a two-hour-long comedy bit with some story squeezed in. Do you know what I mean? Like I, I felt there's a lot of comedy in the first one, but it, it's peppered through in a in a, in a in a way that works and fits with the flow of the story. Do you know what I mean? Whereas this one, you know, is very much let's try to make all these jokes, and in the process, we'll tell the story. You know what I mean? I I can agree. Let me. I'll I'll go even further. I will argue that the first film had at least probably two versions, and they were able to write stuff on the set, and it worked because you had John Landis. Like I don't like John Landis as a person, but he he knows how to make a fucking comedy. And Eddie Murphy was at the height of his fucking stand up, and and you know and Beverly Hills Cop and Forty Eight Hours. Like Eddie Murphy was the go to. Young black comedian, like that's right, right. He was integral. There were no Chris Rocks or Dave Chappelle's, like Tracy you had Morgan's. Richard Pryor. Yeah, yeah, you had Pryor. And yeah, you had Pr- you had Richard Pryor, and then you had Eddie Murphy. And Eddie Murphy, I would argue, became a bigger star than Richard Pryor. Richard Pryor is a legend, but Eddie I, Murphy I, became a star. I, I would, I would agree. I would agree. You're right. You, you don't, you don't get Eddie Murphy without. Richard Pryor, I think we both agree, but but but, but he, he, sur- he surpassed him for sure in, ter- in terms of in terms of um, known and being known and 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 that kind of stuff. But, but like you said, more Richard, importantly, you don't get you don't get a wider spread of of young black comics, Chris Rock, Dave Chappelle, yes. Tracy Morgan, without specifically Eddie Murphy. They Agreed. all viewed Eddie Murphy as their role model, but they acknowledged that Richard Pryor was the legend. You know, it, yeah. If, if there's 
if there's God, then Eddie's Jesus. <laughs> right, right. Because Richard's... Yeah, I got it. I follow you. I'm with you. Yeah. So I just didn't see any of the excitement that Eddie had. Like, it, in his first... You know, when he goes out on the balcony in the first film, he's like, Hello, New York! Fuck you, too! Like, he's yeah. having fun. Yeah, so I have to argue, I mean, I guess the the argument you could be made is, you know, he's 21 in that scene, you know, in that sequence, he's 51 now. You know what I mean? Like, so you're not, I I agree, though. Like, it started, look, it started strong for me in a lot of ways in that, like, you get the sequence with his daughters and he's doing the stick work and all that stuff. Like, I thought that was a positive, you know, like, no, I'm saying there were, there were, there were spots in the beginning that that gave me, like, okay, this is going to be pretty interesting, right? You know, and you get a little bit, you get some of the, you get some of the, the throwbacks in the sense of the way they're woken up, you know, in the morning, it's slightly different, but it's the same concept, you know. So you get a little bit of that. You get the stick work, you know, where where he's right. kind of being serious, you know. You know, and my God, my my comparison was like, okay, so the first one had like at least two rewrites, and then they were writing it as they went along and just sure. ad libbing some jokes and blah blah blah. And and John Landis knows knows what he's doing, and Eddie Murphy knows what he's doing. Sure. And Arsenio, because I think Arsenio was and equally, and yeah. And, you know, you get a heavy hitter, you like James Earl Jones, you know, like, you like, don't fuck with me, I'm I'm fucking Vader, like, I know my shit, right, right, right. I've been, you know, I'm a theater actor, like, I'm sure he had some input. Sure. And then this film felt like they filmed a rough draft. Mm. Like they said, we need a script ASAP, and the writers just smacked their face against the keyboard, <laughs> and then hit print. <laughs> yeah that's what i i mean it and you can tell because like a lot of movies where there's writing and a lot of ad-libs there will be bloopers and you could see them working with something on a blooper but it's usually the same scene the bloopers for this were like eddie murphy stumbling fucking up his words you know except for the kid at one point being like i had the whisk whisk. we'll see yeah. Which, by the way, I did you? They they that literally became a throwaway gag. It became a throwaway gag where Paul Bates just fucking threw the whiskers like nonchalantly, like these aren't important. And I would have been like, if I was the kid, I've been like, fuck you, pick those up, and yeah. then like no. taking the taking the whiskers and like had to be like a like a like a pin to his lapel or something be like I earned these these fucking things. Right, right. I listen, I'll say this, right, Rico, and, and I think I think to a lot of people this is gonna be somewhat blasphemous, but I have to say it, I think the best parts of this movie were the scenes where Eddie wasn't in the, the in the scene. The scenes with Jermaine Fowler, who plays Lavelle Johnson, I wanted to give him his his, his credit because I think he did a good job. But the sequences were like where he's talking to. Um, uh, I'm trying to find her name now. Sorry, I'm trying the to do it. Blay or something. Uh, 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 where is she? Marembe like, is the name of the character. Uh, I'm not going to attempt to say her name. That's not a disrespect to her. I think I'd be more disrespectful if I actually tried to say it. So, but just, just try so that uh, like you're just okay. Just so I'll try, but if she ever hears this, my apologies. But uh, I'm reading it as. Namzamo Batha is how I would read that. So, um, but she she did a she did a great job. She um, was my favorite part of the whole movie, and that's. She, I but see, I think he did equally as well. So like the sequences, no, 
with with them together were really good. I think some of the sequences with him, you know what? I I'm not the world's biggest Tracy Morgan fan, but I actually thought he was pretty good in this. Like I, you know, and and again, it depended on the scene. There were some scenes where it was like no. But then there were some scenes right. where I was like, all right, he was pretty good. Like the sequence where they're in the waiting room where he's trying to get the job, I thought was pretty good. You know what I mean? I thought, I, I thought. The, I guess the grandson of the Duke. And but even that. before that, but when they're just in the right, waiting right, room right. waiting for that. And then obviously the scene against the grandson of the Duke. Yeah. You, you know, he, Jermaine well, does I a mean, great job. Tracy Morgan's like, don't do your white voice. And then he yeah. totally like. Present, hi. Yeah, or but only but I was like there were literally like like the Wakanda thing that we referenced earlier. That was a great line. The, the line where he's like, "Listen, Jedi, you know, listen, Jedi." When he, a young Jedi, I think is what he calls him, when he's edgy, you know, those little those little drops within. But then you add, you know, the other, you add these other characters in. Leslie Jones's character. She had one moment that I thought was hysterical. The rest of it I thought was terrible. And the moment where she's trying to figure out whether or not. Akeem could be the father, and she turns to her family. She goes, "Y'all know I was a hoe back in the day." Like that part cracked me up. I thought that was funny, right. you know, because that fits that character. That character was clearly a hoe, you know. But then, but then you get the the, the flashback where she's got a fucking pumpkin spice candle in her crotch, and she's waving it at him. It's like, what the fuck is, you know? I just didn't get it, man. Like it didn't. No, the, but that's saying I so, I agree that the that the son and and the barber. The, even the, even the when sol- he's with his sisters, though, because that whole sequence for going for the whiskers was is with his oldest sister, like, and they kind of start to come together a little bit, you know, like, yeah, and but like they completely per- fucking ignore the other two sisters for the most part, yeah, until the sequence at the end with the fight, but yeah, and you know. one of them, the middle one, is Eddie was one of Eddie Murphy's actual kids. Uh, yes, actually, two of them are his kids, I believe. Um, I one to be honest. Okay, the, the, he's got another kid somewhere in the film, but you're right. As far as daughters go, it's just the one. And I think it's the youngest, actually. No, you're right. It's the middle one. Yeah. I mean, and I have so many, like, you never saw the live-action Aladdin. I know that because we fucking talked about it last week. Yep, and I'm never going to. <laughs> okay, but I will say this. There is a big portion of the fact that Jasmine cannot be Sultan. Okay. and And... Ultimately, the movie ends with the Sultan saying, well, fuck that. I'm the Sultan. I'll change the laws. You will be Sultan. You don't have to marry Aladdin. You don't have to marry a prince. It's your kingdom. Mm -hmm. Good. Good goddamn job. So why the fuck did I just I don't believe that that Akeem would fucking be like, oh, no, it's got to be. It has to be a man. It has to be a son. Blah, blah, blah. You know, you're training your daughters to fucking take over your country. And the thing that it seemed like that everyone just glossed over was uh, the son's fucking uh, stylist. What's her name? Uh, Mumumbwe? Marembe. Marembe. Marembe says, we all know of Akeem and his journey the Queens and, mm-hmm. and he was a man of the people, so to speak, he forgot his own story. So it's the people of Zamunda would have been absolutely fine with a queen running the country, especially since they're okay with, I don't know, an American running their country. Well, and, that, and that's, I mean, that goes back to something that Lisa does say to him at one point though, 
when he says because he says something to the effect of like a queen, a woman can't be on the throne or something that I forget exactly the line. And she goes, "That's not you, Akeem. That's your father." Right. You know. So. But I'm my whole thing is that she would have been checking him. But yeah, uh, well, yeah. To that point, years. to that point, Lisa was even weak in this compared to what she was in the first one. Absolutely. She was way weaker. Now you Absolutely. could argue, you could argue that the being royalty and pampered for thirty years maybe softened her a little bit. But you know, I mean, I think you can fucking the the it's, you, it's, you can't get the queens out of that woman very easily. The the. You know, the going and one thing I did like the one thing I did like too, they just going back to, you know, just comparing, contrasting, I guess, is you know, we talked about the long table and the sequence at the breakfast in the first one. If you notice they're at that same table but they're all sitting at the one end. So I thought that was kinda cool. You know. So you get these little things here throughout. I agree with you, Rico. It, is it I d I don't think I think it's as terrible as you do, but I don't think it's anywhere near the caliber of the first one. By oh, all, you know. I think I remember I went on and I, there was someone had written a review on IMDb and they they titled it "They Tried." No, they fucking didn't. <laughs> they absolutely did not try. You know, because if they tr- if they tried, they would have spent I don't know more than maybe three fucking weeks filming the damn thing. Well, I mean, the first one was filmed in eighty five days. That's not much longer, but yeah, I get the point. But I, I told you there's other fucking elements. No, no, I get it. No, I'm, I'm just saying, um, you know who's going to be really angry with you about this, right? Who's that? Kateri. She loved this movie. What? She did? She loved it. Oh, I fucking, I'm sorry, Kateri, but like this fucking movie was absolute trash. Now, here's what I have to remind you and me, CJ. Sure. This may not have been named for us. Oh, this, I, I you know. know. Well, I mean, I, I. I I say yes and no because I think it was I think it was aimed at fans of the first one for sure. Okay, that here's the difference, and this is not meant to be controversial. No, and sure. Terry and and anybody, I would love to know your opinion. I don't think the first film was aimed for a black audience. I think it was oh, aimed I, for a I, white audience. I think you're probably right. Yeah. I would argue that this sequel is aimed specifically for a black audience. And and. And look, there, there's nothing wrong with that except they just didn't execute it well. If they'd executed it better, because because to your just to 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 give to to bolster your argument, right? We've seen a film in the last, I'm gonna say ten years because I think it's more than five that was aimed at a black audience that was executed perfectly in Black Panther. Now it's not a comedy, but yeah. it's executed flawlessly, right? It happened to speak to everybody. But it was we we all know where it was aimed, and it should have been like that's not meant as a dividing line. Right. It should have been aimed that way, and it was, and it worked. You right. know, this equally was aimed and missed the target by a pretty substantial margin. By our assessment, I by mean, our assessment, yes, that's true. Like here, here's the 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 most self aware part is when they're talking about bad sequels. They're yes. making a point yes. about bad movie sequels and and making he, remakes of old movies that nobody wants. That's a, that's an exact line. Yeah. But here's the here's the point: is they thought they were being clever by being self aware, and they're like, "Oh, we're talking about ourselves in an ironic way." But ultimately, they fucking didn't understand. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They fell in that trope. Yeah. They were, yeah. like, I hate to say this, but they were. 
they were that unfortunate black movie gimmick. They were the re- they were the the honeymooners that no one like. I I tried watching the honeymooners with the Cedric the Entertainer fucking thing. Fuck, I forgot they even made that movie. It wasn't. That's my point. <laughs> like, like now there may be a bunch of people, black, white, or whoever, that fucking like that version. That's fine. But I think I I think they like I think they just got lazy. I'm not, and I'm definitely not saying black people are lazy. No, you're saying the filmmakers, despite the filmmakers, yeah. were fucking lazy. Like if you if you think you have to put a lion farting to make the audience laugh at an Eddie Murphy movie, then you shouldn't have Eddie Murphy in the movie. Well, no, because he, I I'll bet you I'll bet you that's a direct result of the Doctor Doolittle shit. Right, that's gotta be because of but something. But that's different. No, no, no. That's different because Doctor Doolittle was aimed for children. Well, I think that's one of the reasons. I mean, listen, not that PG thirteen is exactly family friendly, but I would think that the reason, one of the reasons they got downgraded from R was they wanted more people to watch this as a family as opposed to. I mean, I would agree with that if they were going to release it theatrically. Well, I think that was the original. Pl- that, that, that was the original. I think that was the original plan too. Okay, you know. Yeah, you know how many fucking kids are still taking R-rated movies? No, I, dude, I, I'm not, I'm not arguing any of that. I'm just saying that. I, I yeah, you know. but they need to understand their audience, and that's the problem. They didn't they forgot their fucking audience. They absolutely forgot the audience. Yeah, I agree. I, it's, I think, I think that the planning on so it was terrible. Yeah, well, it really it's was. I, I want. Listen, I, I did not, <clears throat> I did not go into this movie thinking, okay, let's watch this dumpster fire, right? I went into this movie I going... I absolutely did. I know, but I went into this movie going, like, I, I, I'm I, hoping that this lives up to the first one. Do you know what I mean? Or at least compliments it nicely. I went into it thinking that, or hoping for that at least. And obviously, I'm, I, it, it didn't, it didn't, but, you know... Let me, let me, let me make it like a great example of what I would do there when I, as a movie collector, sometimes I have to buy movies that I don't want to complete the collection. Right. There are some movies that are less interesting than others. Like I've got all the Friday 13 films. There's a lot of Friday 13 movies that are awful. And I admit that, but it fucks with my OCD. I'm like, okay, I've got one, Um, two, four, or (laughs) three. Three's not that great. God damn it. I gotta get three. That's just an example. Sure. I would never buy this movie on DVD. I will just accept the fact that coming to America is, is, as far as I'm concerned, is a fucking spinoff of Trading Places. That's the only connection, as far as I'm concerned. All right. I mean, yeah. I and, and, and I don't give a fuck how old Eddie Murphy is. On, I dude. I don't I don't hate it as much as you do. And if I can get the two of them on a Blu-ray pack together for like a reasonable price, I'd probably do because I need I I want to get the Blu-ray anyway. So I would okay. probably do it that you know so. That'll be the only way I'll ever have this movie in my collection is because I don't have coming to America on DVD. Mm. So if it came with the other one, I'm like, okay, well, you know, I got a great movie plus this one. Right. Right. Then I, then I never have to watch it again. For fuck's sake, it'll never be a commentary. I'm nixing that right now. (laughs) We could maybe do one on the first one though. I would do the first one. No, no. The entire commentary of the first one will be like, I'm so glad this movie's alone. Isn't this great how this is a standalone movie? This is the best standalone movie ever. Like, nothing has ever come out that's so original 
and by itself. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I, and again, look, Kateri, you know I love you, and you know I have, like, mad respect. And I want you to like things. I'm not saying you can't like this sure. movie. We're not, no, I, we, we say I that definitely at, want to know why you like it. Yeah, I mean, we, we say that across the board, though. Just because we don't like something doesn't mean that if you like it as our fan that we have a problem with that. By all means, enjoy what you enjoy. But, you know. Right. Yeah. Like, you, you be into your shit. Like, I don't, <laughs> I don't give a fuck about Star Trek, but I'm not going to poo-poo anybody who likes Star Trek. Right. That's fine. G- you get your geek flag fly fucking fucking <laughs> fuck. <laughs> Uh, 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 but, uh, dude, I, I'm trying to think of. The, I mean, okay, here, here's another point. Sure. The only time I really kind of started laughing, like really laughing, was when we were back in the barbershop. But it was yeah. so brief. It was so brief. It was, it was over. I, you know what? Even then, it felt forced. Like even the barbershop it, felt forced compared to compared to the first one. That's that's oh the problem. God. Is like when 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 you have a movie. Like the first coming to America, the one that that it's it's lauded, you know, in a in in such a way, and then you make a sequel like this, and you're gonna go visit a lot of the same tropes. You have to hit a lot of the same points in a lot of the same way, meaning meaning the the positives, not maybe the exact content, but the the points, right? And and you don't the 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 uh, the the conversations between the the barbers even feel different. You know what I mean? Like none of it the. You know, the only thing that I thought was kind of the thing that I I left at this time when I went through it um, that I didn't connect the first time I watched it was um, that now Akeem is loosely related related to Randy Watson. Yes. Yeah, Randy Watson is Tracy Morgan's character's cousin. Or, oh, okay. And as uh, and he's also the uncle of Lavelle, so as such, you know what I mean. There, there's a there's yeah, a loose. They're, they're not blood related, but he there is a there is a. I mean, all right, there's yeah, that. There's that, which I I thought that was kind of when I realized it, I was like, oh, that's that's a little funny, you know what I mean? And and you know, and obviously that whole family loving Randy Watson, because if you remember in the first one, the only person who liked Randy Watson in that first film. Is that one barber, the the one guy from the barber shop, and everyone else, he's like, he's really good, he's really that, good, he's good, yeah, good and terrible. I love that line. That makes me laugh every fucking time I hear it. Yeah. Um, but in in this one, Lavelle likes him. Tracy Morgan's character likes, you know, like a lot of couple, you know, Leslie is dancing along with it, you know. Which, by the way, Lisa and that's that's one of the few times Leslie Jones was goodness when Lisa and her are doing the Humpty dance after they're drinking a bunch of Ciroc. Um, um, that was funny. You know, but there there were moments. Like, I'm not going to say this was the worst movie I've ever seen. I've seen worse. Oh, movies. so have I. Yeah, yeah. But when you when you just see filmmakers just say fuck it, it's really disheartening. <laughs> it is. It it's is. Really, and, and I agree. Um, for for movie lovers, it just to be like, you just did this for pure fuck it. it. It sucks. It really sucks because you want some. You want good things. No one wants a bad movie. Right. But right. like, you know, it, it's just, yeah, the, the barbershop scene was just kind of forced. Even the post, the post credit scene where the, you know, as the old Jewish man, it just wasn't funny. It, well, no, I, I, and, and that's a shame because the first one is so goddamn funny. So good because yeah. there's wit. Yes. This yeah. was just what? Witless. 
<laughs> That's good. I like that. Um, Look, let's fucking be real. Like, when this was first discussed, they wrote down a script, and they gave it to everybody, and they decided to film this movie. There should have been all of them saying, oh, hell no, your majesty. CJ here with a few thank yous to let you know how you can get in touch with and follow the show and us. Listen to us on the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, Stitcher, or anywhere else you find your podcast. Please don't forget to rate and comment. If you want to agree with or yell at us, you can do it live. That's right. Rico and I put ourselves on a weekly live stream called Getting Vocal with Potaskew every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern, 5 to 7 p.m. Pacific at getvocal.com slash potaskew. That's www.getvokl.com slash potaskew, where we discuss various topics from past and present shows and even sometimes play games. If you can't or don't want to join us live, you can follow Rico, me, and the show on Twitter. The show is at Podeskew, Rico is at Rance Rico, and I'm at M underscore Blade. We want to thank logo designer and show friend Mike for his work on our wonderful logo. You can contact him for artwork via email at logomike80 at gmail.com. That's logomike80 at gmail.com. Thank you to Samuel Lemons for all original music on the show, especially our theme music. You can find Sam on Twitter at Samuel Lemons and his music on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash Samuel Lemons. Finally, our biggest thank you is to you, everyone, for listening. Rico and I really appreciate your time and look forward to bringing you another episode soon. My son, it appears that your shortcomings in masculinity have turned out to be unfounded. I seen it in a vision. Yo, that's a son. It is true. You have a son, Akeem. A bastard son. If dog people made dog food, it wouldn't be sold in a 50-pound bag in the hardware aisle by the shoe polish. It would actually be food. It would be made with real, fresh meat and veggies gently cooked to preserve their nutritional value. You know, like food. The Farmer's Dog was created by dog people who cook and deliver fresh, healthy food. Try the Farmer's Dog and get fresh, pre-portioned meals tailored to your dog's needs. Tell us about your dog, build your plan, and get 50% off at thefarmersdog.com listen. That's thefarmersdog.com listen.